Blog Talk Radio. And it's one of those classic rivalries that defines every college football season, Florida State and Miami. this locker room and I saw those jerseys laid out before the games I sat at my locker and I thought about hurricanes past what these guys have done to lay the tracks so that all eyes are on me today all of those guys that won national titles before I got here to put in the hard work before I got here that put in the sweat and the tears before I got here they deserve all I got all of the kids that are being born right now today that are hoping they will wear this jersey that will put in the hard work when they get here. Hey, they're hoping and waiting on me to fulfill my responsibility because it's my time right now. I'm wearing a jersey and I gotta carry it right. The guys before me have laid tracks. The guys after me will wear it proudly and us that are wearing it now must wear it with purpose. When we walk on the field, we must understand that we carry a whole city with us. Now is the time. We got hope again around here and intensity. Everybody's excited again. And you got to look at that jersey and say, here is our moment. Here is our time. We talk often about the history of the game. But now it's time for you to write your history of this game. And don't let anybody, don't let anybody get in the way of you writing it well. You write well. Play together and understand the way to a championship is being my brother's keeper. It's a promise made. One man to the other. I will get my job done today. Can you look at each other with those jerseys on? Can you look eye to eye? Can you make a promise? Because you can make your mind up right now to be a champion if you can make a promise to each other. When we put these jerseys on, we will not lose. We will not be denied. In each play, I will give you all I have. And I'm not just giving all I have for now. I'm giving all I have for the guys that lead the tracks. I'm giving all I have for the guys that will wear this uniform later. Understand this when you run on the field. And that breeze is across your neck. That's the ghost of Hurricane's past and the ghost of Hurricane's future. And they're telling you, it's your time. 
Will it be the Miami Hurricanes time? They carry a whole city with them on Saturday night. I don't think there's much question about that at all. They're most definitely at home at Hurricane Football Headquarters once again. But will it be in the air on Saturday night? Will it be their moment? Will it be their time? When they put those jerseys on on Saturday night in Doe Campbell Stadium, will the Miami Hurricanes not be denied? Those were the words of Michael Irvin as he spoke to the Hurricanes in the locker room before their 2009 game at Doe Campbell Stadium. Miami won that day, 38-34. And everyone wants to know just what these 2013 Hurricanes that are going to go back to Doe Campbell on Saturday night are made of. People are upset about the 22-point spread that's coming out of Las Vegas. They're upset about the disrespect that's being shown the Hurricanes because of their close call victories the past few weeks over North Carolina and Wake Forest. But at 8 o'clock on Saturday night, Hurricane fans, none of it's going to matter. All questions are going to be answered out there on the Doe Campbell Stadium field. But that doesn't mean we can't attack them all here tonight. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to a special Wednesday night edition of Kane Sport Live. Apologies to those who tuned in to our normal slot last night. We had a little scheduling change this week, so we're here with you tonight. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of Canesport.com, and we're once again getting ready to embark on the fastest two hours in hurricane sports, just as we do each week. As always, this is your show, and it's going to be driven by your participation. We have over 50 open phone lines available, so there's plenty of room for everybody out there in the Canes Nation to call in tonight and participate in the show and talk about this big game with Florida State. As always, the call-in number is 646-595-2048. That's 646-595-2048. We're going to put the Wake Forest week to bed tonight, and then we're also going to discuss every angle of Miami, Florida State, including the recruiting impact. And when we get to that, we're going to be joined by our regular guest, Rivals.com recruiting analyst, Keenan Codrington, who also will take some of your calls. Over the past two days, as always, we also asked Canesport.com subscribers to identify some of the topics that they wanted to hear discussed on tonight's show. Here's some of what they came up with. How good is Florida State? So far, their schedule has been real cupcake, and they've handled every game in impressive fashion. But are they really as good as everybody around the country thinks that they are? What does Miami need to do to win this game? How do you put pressure on Florida State freshman quarterback Jameis Winston, who's the talk of college football. Do you blitz him excessively? Do you try to do it with coverage? We'll talk about that tonight. Should changes be made to the defensive line rotation? Should Tyreek McCord, Miami's best pass rusher, get more playing time in this ball game? Do you jam the receivers at the line of scrimmage, get the DBs more into attack mode than they've been the past two weeks when Miami's had problems defending the pass? How much offense does Miami have in the tank that we haven't seen yet this year? Will this be the game when you see things that the fans have been calling for, like screens or slants that Miami hasn't shown in past games? Is Miami's best ticket to victory committing to the run game on Saturday night? Can Miami wear the Knolls out with power offense, with more Stephen Morris under center, get Maurice Hagens more involved, maybe even throw in some Walter Tucker and Gus Edwards while they're at it? What's up with the slow starts on defense? I mean, my God, just astonishing statistics in Saturday's game against Wake Forest in the first quarter. 25 plays to three, 
uh, for starters, 13 and a half minutes of offensive possession to a minute and a half. And just ungodly numbers working against the Hurricanes really in four ball games this year. The Florida game, the Georgia Tech game, the North Carolina game, and that Wake Forest game on Saturday. Can the Hurricanes afford a slow start like that Saturday at Doe Campbell Stadium? Will Stephen Morris play better this week? You know, Stephen's been bothered by the ankle injury. There's been talk of an Achilles injury to go along with it. Will Stephen Morris show up at Doe Campbell Stadium better for Saturday night's game against Florida State? Is the game in three weeks against Duke getting lost in the shuffle here with, with Florida State and then Virginia Tech up next on the schedule? Duke just beat Virginia Tech this past weekend in Blacksburg. And the question we have for everybody is, what's your most memorable Miami-Florida State moment or game? I hope you guys will call in tonight and talk a little bit about that as well. But what we're going to do now is we're going to jump right into your phone calls. And again, the number is 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. And we're going to begin tonight in the, um, the 305, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hello? Are you there? All right, you'll have to call back. Um, let's skip now over to the 404, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how you doing? We're doing good. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I, oh, this is Roland in Atlanta. Hello, Roland. How are things up there in Atlanta? You know, I, I actually was just reading something a few minutes ago coming out of the uh, Chick-fil-A Bowl up there. Uh, they're taking a real hard look at Miami. So you might have, if things go well here over the next month or so, you might have the whole Canes Nation coming to visit you up there in, in, in Atlanta because they want Miami at the Chick-fil-A Bowl. You know, there's a lot of Canes fans up here too. Yes, there are. I got a question for you about this a recruit, Jalen Wilkerson from Coffee, um, Douglas, Georgia. I don't know if you heard anything about him. He's a tight Not end. Not a lot, Oh, yeah, um, I, I've heard his name mentioned, how serious he is in the equation. I can't tell you right now. Gary, let me tell you. I actually know his mom. And um, that's crazy, the craziest thing about it. She was telling me about it, and uh, she was like, oh, yeah, he's getting recruited by a number of schools. And I pulled him up, and I saw that he was a four-star kid. And she was like, uh, she, she, was, she was like, well, you know, I kind of wanted to stay close to home, but I'm open to a number of schools. And I was just rambling about Miami and she was like, you know, Miami would be a, a good school too. I, you know, if it's, you know, it's not too far. And, uh, I'm kid is a, is a good kid, man. I'm, and, uh, I'm hoping he, you know, he, 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 uh, commits to Miami. But did she say how seriously they're recruiting him? Um, I know, um, he got, he got an offer, but he's a junior. So it's, it's, it's not, you know, he's a junior. So it's, it's, it's it's kind of like that. Well, he's got, he's got a lot of letters from a number of schools. Yeah, no, he's definitely on the radar because I've heard his name mentioned by our people up in Georgia. Um, you know, we yeah. haven't spoken to him to this point um, yeah. and aren't really in tune to how much he might be considering Miami. But um, I have heard his mention, his name mentioned as a kid in the, in the, the junior class that uh, could emerge as a pretty decent prospect. Now, he's real open because, I mean, that the, what, the, the, the part of Georgia he's from is straight, extremely small town, and I mean, I mean, very, very small. So I think, I think Miami has a really, really strong shot. Cause she, I mean, she didn't, even, she didn't even realize that he was on rival, rival scout and all these other sites. She didn't even realize that until I showed her. I said, look, I said, this is your son. 
you know, getting recruited by all these other schools. She was like, I didn't even know that. But he well, got, you know, she'll, she'll know soon enough. If he's a good player, she's going to know, she's going to know very well, very soon. Yeah. You know what, Gary, I'm calling for my cell phone. Can you, can you keep me on hold as well? And, uh, to sure. To the broadcast? And I have, well, I have one other question. Um, uh, I think Miami needs to, they got to run Gus Edwards uh, or Walter, uh, the kid Tucker, because they need, they, 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 Duke can't get all those carries. I mean, he can get, I, I would say, 20 carries, but 33, I, don't, I can't see him taking 33 carries for the Florida State game, man. Because, I mean, we, we still have Virginia Tech, you got Duke, you got to, they got to mix it up. They got to use Sandlin, they got to, like you mentioned, screens. They, they, they can't be vanilla, they just got to just go. And put it all on the line, man. They can't just go and say, "Okay, we're gonna play a conservative game." We can't. Well, I mean, they know, gotta really open it up. I think you will see other running backs involved. Um, I'm not sure it's gonna be Walter Tucker or Gus Edwards. Um, this is not the kind of ball game that you throw young players who have not really um, gotten any seasoning yet. Uh, it, it just isn't. Uh, this Miami Florida State is played at a different pace with a different level of intensity, and um, if you're putting kids out there that aren't really ready. Uh, for that environment, uh, it could become problematic for you real, real quick. So uh, I'm not expecting to see a lot of Walter Tucker or Gus Edwards. I am expecting to see some Dallas Crawford and Eduardo Clements, though. I think you're right that the intensity level that that game's played at and with the hitting being what it's going to be, uh, it's not realistic to give Duke Johnson the ball 30 times. So, um, you know, we'll see We'll see how it evolves. I wouldn't have thought they'd give it to him 30 times against Wake Forest either. It kind of just happened that way. He was running so well and hard in the second half. Um, but uh, I agree with you. You're going to have to have more guys involved on Saturday. And I have one question, and if you could put me on hold and listen to the broadcast. Um, yeah, not a problem. One last question. Um, obviously, you, I hadn't heard you hadn't heard much going on with, with, with Miami. It's been pretty quiet. You hadn't heard anything coming out of out of out of uh, out of you know Florida State week. Normally, it's pretty crazy. You hadn't you hear a lot about you know Winston, you know talking a little bit, but I don't think he's talking in, in a negative sense. It's more in a common, no. confidence sense. You know, I, I'm just. Are you hearing any rumblings from any of the guys? And, no, uh, no trash talking at all. Like, Okay. There's no there's okay. there's no tra- no trash talking at all. It's very quiet, like you said. Um, I think that from the hurricane standpoint, they've kind of been goldenized a little bit. That's not uh, Al's style. Uh, he's not looking for his team to be doing a lot of a lot of talking. Um, and the Florida State camp's been quiet as well. So uh, I guess they're just going to let it get decided on the field on Saturday. Okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll just stay on hold and listen to the broadcast. You got it. Thank you. All right. All right so- let's um. Let's move on now again. If you would like to call in and join the show, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. We're going to go out now to the uh, 512. Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, how's it going, man? Going How good. Doing What's happening? We're doing good. Man, what, who's this? Oh, this is uh, Wayne from out in the Austin, Texas area. Oh, how are you, Wayne? Oh, man, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, you've got a lot of good points going on. I really don't get to hear much about the Canes unless I'm listening to your show every Tuesday, I guess tonight, Wednesday. But every Tuesday I get to listen to it. I don't usually get to call in and get a chance because of the kids. But tonight, man, Florida State Week, um, I, I liked your uh, your point about Tyreek McCord, man. i really like to see him get a couple more downs besides the third down passing. I guess the biggest thing I'm thinking of, not this week because of Morris, but beyond is, is it time to take him out? 
I mean, is Williams the guy? Because when he's come in from Morris, when he's been hurt, it looks like Ryan Williams is the guy. I know he's going to be there next year, but he he looks like the guy. Um, well, well, first let's talk about your 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 comment about the the pass rush situation and, and Tyreek McCord specifically, because that's something that a lot of people are bringing up. And you know, I think there's a couple things you have to consider. You know, Tyreek McCord probably is the best pass rusher on this team. That doesn't mean that he's ready right now to you know to play 60 snaps. And you know, I, I think when it's third and long, you want him fresh coming in. So I would be really surprised we saw that incorporated. Uh, I, I think they're pretty yeah. comfortable with their defensive line rotation right now. Um, you know, Anthony Ciccolo is, is having a, a pretty good junior season. Shayon Green is, is a quality guy at the point of attack, you know, controls the line of scrimmage. You, you know, you don't really get the great pass rush out of those guys, but you do get the run, the run stoppage at the, at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, the one thing that we saw in the Wake Forest game that was a positive was the Hurricanes did a pretty darn good job on first and second down when their starting defensive guys were on the field. Where they started running into problems was when the third down defense came in that included McCord and, and, and Muhammad as pass rushers, and um, Wake was getting rid of the because, ball. Is that because maybe they, they know the rush is coming and it's third down? Maybe if you put McCord and them in there a couple other downs, they, you no. know, deception. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't know about that, but the, you know, the biggest thing was Wake was getting rid of the ball so fast that it really negated McCord and Muhammad's ability to rush the passer. Um, yeah. I do think that there's going to be a lot of situations for them um, in the Florida State game. You know, Florida State, even second and long, third and long, you know, obviously they get the shotgun and, and do their thing. And I, and I do think there'll be the opportunity to use those guys maybe a little bit more than the typical game. Um, but do I expect to see them on first down? I would personally be really surprised. But you never know. You know maybe that's one of the wrinkles. Uh, I'm, not, the I'm not saying this week. If anything, if you're going to beat Jameis Winston, you cannot rush him. You cannot rush him. You've got to play four rush and then, then the rest back. You can't, you can't blitz this guy, I don't think. Well, I mean, he certainly has burned. He certainly burned Clemson quite a bit when they tried the blitz. Yeah. Um, the truth's probably in the middle. If I, if I were to give my opinion, I you know I think you do have to pressure him at times. You got to try to speed up the process for him. You know, at the end of the day, he's still a freshman quarterback, and exactly. You know, he, He's he's really had a pretty com- comfy situation so far this year with 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 their schedule. I mean, I don't know how much you've paid attention to fl- what Florida State has done so far this year, but you know they opened against an average pit team, then they played no- a Nevada yeah. team that couldn't challenge them at all. Then they played Bethune Cookman, which you know was another you know fifty point game. Yeah, uh, at Clemson you- though. You, gotta you know, act. they went on the road. Well, they went on the road at Boston College, and Boston College was able to give them a little bit of, of a hard time. Um, they played that fraudulent Maryland team and blew them out. Then the, that victory at Clemson is the they one. They were still ranked 25. Yeah, well, the, the, the one – yeah, they were at the time, but have you seen what's happened since? Um, yeah, yeah, you no, know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean – No, they're, I'm, they're, I'm they're, all with you, man. I just, I just don't know if we should rush more than four. We shouldn't really rush. I think we should make him make the decisions. Make him drop back, be that freshman quarterback, and make and make the mistake. Well, I'm sure that I'm sure they'll they'll certainly try that quite a bit. You know, the problem is Miami's defensive weakness is pass coverage. You know, they don't cover well, they don't tackle well in space. So if you're dropping everybody yeah. and you're not putting pressure on the quarterback and he's picking his open guy and then you got to tackle him, uh, you know, I don't know 
if that works favorably for Miami or not. You know, that's why Mark D'Onofrio makes all the yeah. money he makes. Yeah, he's got to figure that's this right, one out. Right. Yeah, I'm I mean, not sure if James, you know. I don't think James Wilder is actually going to be playing in this game, is he? Um, I believe I believe he's back healthy. I, I think he I think oh, okay. he's available. He, he wasn't in the game last week, so. No, he was not, but I think he is available for this one. But, you know, the, the bottom line is the reality probably is they need to mix it up and get Jameis Winston having to get mentally involved in the game a little bit more than what would be his comfort zone at this point of his career. And I have to believe that that's what the game plan is going to be, to find different ways of doing that. Man, now, all um, i got to say is, hey, man, I appreciate you letting me be on here, but all well, i got to say is, man, go you, man. All right, you, let me – I'll, I'll answer – I'm going to answer your other question really quick. Um, awesome. I, there is no chance Stephen Morris is getting pulled from the game. I, you know, this is Not Stephen's, this game, but the next game, the game after the uh, Virginia Tech or the um, – No, I don't see it. it I, I, I don't see it. I mean, Steven, he, Steven, his – his, He's his been playing hurt lately. Uh, not the not the Wake Forest. He looked 100 percent healthy to me. But I mean, I'm all about Stephen Morris. But man, he just his decisions are no turnovers the last Wake well, Forest game though. I, I yeah, appreciate he did, he that. He did one better. Bit. Did better in that regard against yeah. Wake Forest. But yeah, you know he Let has been playing what, hurt. I will call up next week and I will just praise Stephen Morris if he if he can get this this game at least no turnovers. You know because yeah, I know he's absolutely. been hurt on that. Yeah, exact, exactly, man. Go Stephen Morris, because when uh, Ja'Cory Harris was in, me and my girl, we used to call Stephen Morris the other guy. and be like, man, put the other guy in. He's so much better. So I've rooted for Stephen Morris from day one. I never really liked Ja'Cory Harris, and I, I like Stephen Morris, and I'm rooting for him, man. Go you, man. All right. Man, beat the Seminoles, beat the Seminoles, man. You got it. Hey, thanks for calling. Hopefully we'll hear from you again next week. Um, um, yeah, I just, you know – I just got to be honest. Stephen Morris is not getting pulled by Al Golden, okay? Anybody, and then a lot of people are saying that, and I don't get it. You know, it's totally detached from what's reality. I mean, this is Stephen Morris's team. It's his time. Um, he's the leader of this football team. He's a captain. The team believes in him. There are no issues there. He's been hurt. His mechanics have broken down on him at times. No doubt about it. His level of play since the Florida game has declined. No doubt about it. But the reports on the practice field this week, the coaches are very happy with the way he's practicing, and there's the hope that this will be the week that Stephen Morris gets it all back together. Obviously, um, the Hurricanes need that to be the case. All right, 646-595-2048. Let's go now to the um, the 678, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Hey, Gary, this is Steve from Southridge. Hey, what's up, Steve? Hey, ain't nothing, ain't nothing. I got a, I got a bunch of issues, man. I'm very concerned. All right, shoot. I, I'm very concerned about our team, but I pick up where you left off with Stephen Morris. Go ahead. I'm not saying bench him, you know, but do we sacrifice a seven and zero season where we just close to going undefeated if he's having a terrible game? Do you not pull him for the rest of the kids and, and just try it and see if Ryan? Can can if he's still hurt, we should have set him down after he got hurt for a couple of weeks when we was playing those powder puff teams. So that 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 was a coaching mistake to let him keep playing and not getting healthy 100. percent No, so well, wait, let me stop you. Is, let, let me wait. Let me stop you for one second, and then I'll let you go on. Um, you're calling it a coaching mistake. I I think it's a it's it's a reality and a coaching indication of how much better they feel Stephen Morris is, and in my opinion, justifiably so, well, uh, than, Ryan, than Ryan Williams. 
Yeah, uh, Stephen Wirtz is by far article. the best quarterback. Hey, Gary, but Al Golden said it in an article, that, uh, I guess a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, he can't, you know, next time he's he going to have to make sure himself instead of trusting Stephen Morris about his how how healthy he was. So well, I guess he was admitting he, that, you know, he wasn't he, he, he shouldn't have played him. But we, we'll move on from that. Yeah, My, no, no, I, another, I know what you're talking about. And another thing, I'm, I'm very concerned about our, our week-to-week preparation. What is going on? We had 11 days for UNC, 10 days for weight. And, and you know, we just never seemed like we we went over what the other team did all week. If we had 11 days to prep and 10 to prep, why do we have to wait to have time to go over what they're doing to us if we've seen they film? They're not doing any. These teams are not doing nothing different in the game. They're they doing the stuff every week, and, and you can you can respond to that. What is going on? Totally. Now? Totally legitimate point, very fair, um, but I could tell you that the problem isn't that when they're preparing for the ball game, they're not paying attention to the things that they're having problems with in the first half of games. You know, I mean, you know, you take the North Carolina game, they spent the whole week wor- uh, working on defending Ebron, and what's happened, and same thing, you know, last week with Wake Forest offense, and what's happening is, for whatever reason, and you could speculate in a lot of different ways what the possibilities might be. There's a, a disconnect between what's supposed to be happening and what some of the kids are doing when the lights go on, and you know, or, or you know, or, or the clock starts running. I guess if it's if it's a noon game, and you know, that's what they have to get correct. I mean, obviously, it's a massive problem. I mean, you come out against a, a Wake Forest team that you're supposed to be significantly better than, and they run 25 plays in the first quarter and you, you run three, I mean, that's unheard of. I mean, you can't spot teams those types of uh, advantages and expect to come out of it alive. Um, yeah. you know, and it was similar in, against North Carolina, against, against Georgia Tech, and even against Florida. So th- this is not like a fresh problem. Uh, no, it's been going on. It's been going on for years. Even back when Randy was there, we can't get off the field on third down because somebody can't design a successful pass rush play. If I, when I watch college football, when I'm not watching the UM, I look around and just watch a lot of games, and I, I'm disgusted when I see other teams who can draw up a blitz where their player can delay and he come untouched and kill the other team quarterback. Or I watch other teams. They linebackers pick up a screen and running back immediately. They they recognize it, but our kids act like they never seen this stuff. Like we're not preparing well, them for it. The running back comes out the backfield. He's twenty yards downfield, like he's a ghost. Nobody's near him. The tight end yeah. running like he's a ghost in our defense, like we can't see him. And this has been well, going you know on what? for years. You know what? Mental mistakes were a huge problem last year, and was a big part of the reason why it was it was almost the worst defense in Division One football a year ago. I think they, you know, we would all agree that they've gotten much better this year. But I guess you just don't go from being the worst in the country to being one of the best in the country all, all at one time. I mean, maybe it's just baby steps because I can tell you it, it's mental errors that are being made out there, not preparation errors in, in, terms, oh. of, in terms of things they're going over during the week. Now, you know, are the position coaches doing enough good enough job with their individual kids um, 
you know, maybe, can't maybe be. not. I mean, they ain't. I don't know. I can tell you well, right now. When you, if well, you I don't know. Well, I don't know but I know. I'm not going to give you an opinion because I don't know that. But no, I'm not but, asking. But, I'm not asking for the opinion, Gary. I'm just saying from what I see, they're not. I'm not asking you. You know, I'm, yeah. this is my opinion. Well, you know, I mean, I, you know, some. You know, a lot of people want to blame coaches. A lot of people want to blame kids. The truth is probably in the middle. They're all in this thing together. It's a team effort, and you're absolutely right. It's a totally legitimate concern, and it's not getting can, done well enough on a regular basis. Can, can I say one more thing? One more thing. Yes, sir. Like here's, I was listening to um, Joe Rose show today, and yep. um, um, guy come on there. He, he called out. He called out Fieldman about not playing all the, the the draft picks that they got. You know, for the Dolphins, I know I'm going. You know, I'm gonna try to equate this with the UM. You're bringing all this talent, you know, and you're not putting it on the field. So, you know, why did you bring it in? But, you know, with um, with number 17, and another thing you said about not tackling well in space, we haven't been tackling well in space in years. And Joe Rose said he think we are a year away. So my question to you is. If we're not tackling well this year, so what we're going to be doing different next year that going to make us tackle well next year and tackle in space when we haven't been doing it well in five years and we're going to get over? How are we going to get over the hump? What are we going to be doing different next year that we can't get it done this year? We're 7-0 right now, and we in prime position to go forward right now. Why do we have to wait till next year? What's going to be different? I'm listening. Hey, well, and, um, don't hang me unless, up. I'm listening on the phone like I always um, do. Yeah, unless Jamal, unless Jamal Carter is the answer. <laughs> yeah, what are we probably, do different? <laughs> probably not a lot, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, another great point, man. You're, you know, you know, you're tough, but you're, you're not wrong. You know, I, I, I think you're making some legitimate points there. And you know, let's face it, right now the safety position in particular is not real strong. I mean, you got to hope that Dion Bush comes back from day one next year and is the, is the level of player that everyone expects him to be. Okay, so, so th- that would be the first thing I would say that you might do differently next year. You're going to have Rayshon Jenkins back. He, he's going to be much more experienced um, and, and should be a better player next year even than he is this year. So you just got to hope that by growth, um, you know, your cornerbacks are back. Uh, I do think the linebacker position is a little problematic you know, it's a little thin and maybe lacking a, a little bit of quality if Denzel Perriman leaves. Um, but, you know, you're not wrong, but I, I but, think you just got to hope that some of these guys develop and get better. Here's, here's that, yeah, but here's, that's where, that's where we, that's where we have to part ways at. We've been hoping that, but these coaches are going to have to get these guys. We, we, here's what our motto is every year. They're going to be a year older. They're going to be Something, whatever, whatever the word is around there. They understand the process better, or whatever. I want. What is the process? Can somebody find out for me? What is the process? I know that we talk about that <laughs> word. It's, can you find out what is what is going on in the process? What is in the midst Maybe. of that recipe? Maybe. You're cracking me up tonight. You're funny. Um, <laughs> All right, hey, I, but I ain't gonna take over the show. But find out when I call next week. You find out what is the what is in that process box. You know, right, we need to throw that away. We need to get rid I'm, of that box. 
<laughs> I'm going to put you on hold so you can keep listening, and I'm going to tell you what they mean by, by the process. <laughs> when they talk about the process, they're talking about the, the Al Golden way, his entire system of doing things. And, and he calls it the process. And it, it, it starts on, on Sunday, the day after a game, when they re- go over and review and clean up things from, from that ball game and, and continues all through the week where they go through their schedule of preparing for the next ball game. And um, then it continues in the off season when they go through the UTUF program and the off season workouts and seven on sevens and, and things like that. So that's what they mean when they say the process, it's, it's the Al Golden way of doing things. And uh, the one thing I can tell you, Steve, is that uh, the players have, have now uh, without question bought into it and are, uh, totally behind the Al Golden plan. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Let's go now to the two five six. Where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. Yeah, Gary. All right, man. Oh, woo, woo, woo. Hey, Steve was dead on. I mean, he he was dead on on so much that I've got on my mind. Oh man. The process, that's exactly right. I want to know what the process is, too. But anyway, um, for starters, we know Al Golden wants this to be his team, whole new, legacy made. These kids got to make their own and all that. But it still has to be representative of the youth. And And we've always been an aggressive team when we were winners. Now, this defense, Last week in the first quarter against Wake Forest, we looked like a robot. Went out there with two plays with our big guys, and on third down we brought in the blitz package, just like it was pointed out from our other callers. I mean, that right there, if I'm an offensive coordinator, yeah, I'm getting rid of the ball fast too. I know exactly what's coming. I think these guys need to be on the field on first down, second down, you know, mix it up a little bit. I mean, you know, you said they run 12 plays in that first quarter. I mean, on that first drive. 12. Yeah. 12. But they yeah. Ran, and they I mean, it was third and, third and long. I mean, every time almost. And six it was six. just, yeah, it was just like a robot. Two plays, we stopped them. Third play come in, damn, boom. And it's like the guy said, um, the tight ends running like a ghost. Nobody was even close to them, you know. And and the first caller who said that we can't blitz this dude, uh-uh, that, that ain't my philosophy. We got to have, I mean, he, he already knows and has showed national TV that he can pick up man on man, and he's going to eat you up all day with that. I mean, I we've got to have some zone coverage back there that confuses this dude and something that he hadn't seen. You got I a mean, mixed zone, you got a mixed man, you got to oh, go after and, him. You got to you got to do it all I mean, this week. Yeah, and bring it. Don't be afraid to bring it. We can't keep playing scared. I watched that defense on, against that Wake Forest in the first quarter and I was like kicking the dog all over the house. I mean like I was like, <laughs> "Come on, Dave. I mean bring well, it. Just just show something, you know?" Here's but, what I could tell you. Here's what I could tell you with some confidence. Uh, Florida State and Jameis Winston have not been tested yet this year. You know, Clemson put up a little resistance, not much. Those kids totally spaced out in that ball game, and it was just the, the moment was too big for Clemson. 
and that's why Florida State beat them as handily as they did. But, and, and, this, but let a freshman quarterback come in there and do that to them at their house. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that shows you how bad like, they played. It's like Steve pointed out, man, 11 days to prepare, 10 days to prepare for these teams. And it looks like we ain't even seen one thing they've done, you know. I mean, but all right, let's go to the other side. We, well, we need. Wait, let me just finish saying what I was saying real quick. I mean, I, what I could tell you with conviction is I think there's a great awareness in the Miami football camp that this quarterback and this offense have not been tested so far this year. I will well, be that's shocked. For sure. <laughs> I will be shocked. If we're sitting here at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock on Saturday night, and Miami hasn't thrown the kitchen sink at Florida State, I will be shocked. Well, I mean, there ain't no doubt he ain't. I mean, he, he's been a carnival out there. He's, he's made a joke of all these defenses. And if, and if Coach D has not seen what these other teams have tried to do against him and can't come up with something that works against him, I know this. We can't run out there with our big dudes on first and second, run them right off the field on third down and bring in McCord and AQM, which I love them both. Don't get me wrong. I think they should be out there more on first or second. I mean, mix it up. Just don't, I mean, look like it's a scripted you know, thing. That's one thing that it's looked like all year, just something scripted, you know. But um, I think Gilbert needs to play more. This dude is a fifth-year senior. You know, he's played in big-time games at Wisconsin. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, you know, we, I, we need I, as I much, agree with you. He does need to we play We need more. as much playing experience as we have out there on this field coming Saturday night, okay? And on the um, offensive side, Man, two tight end sets. We've got big tight ends that can catch the ball, that can block, that can run. Put them out there. Do a little something in the middle of the field, you know. And you know what? We keep talking about a big back all over the board. We got one. Mo is a senior. I trust him to carry the ball. Every time he's touched it this year, it's been something positive. You know, pound it up in there. Make them know that we're coming at them. I mean, Duke just ain't going to be able to do it all by himself, and that's just a Well, fact. you know, they they did run a lot of two tight end against Wake Forest, and, you know, I would suspect well, you might see I'm, I'm might talking see about something like put Bo Sandlin in front of Mo and let him block right up the middle. I mean, just blow him right out of the hole, you know? I mean, well, let, I don't know I mean, if you would do it with Bo Sandlin. Put Clive back there then, you yeah. know? Put Walford back there, and then, Walford's you know, hit him in the Walford's become a pretty good blocker now. I mean, I don't know yeah, if you guys noticed on, on, that, on that Duke Johnson touchdown against Wake Forest. Clive Walford was blocking like a beast. Oh, he, he is. I, I've watched that real close this year. And, I mean, of course, his one-handed catch was just out of the world, you know. I mean, he proved he can catch the ball, too. But we He's just made himself an NFL more. tight end. Huh? He's, made himself an, he's made himself an NFL tight end. Oh, yeah, and we got more coming he, right behind him, too, you know. He, I mean, that's one thing that Al's about. I figured we'd really be using them more if you want to know the truth about it. I mean, well, I you think can't do the, you can't do everything every game. <clears> no, you know? I know that. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm talking as a whole. You've got a lot of guys that need to get the football. Yeah, I'm talking as a whole, though, Gary, from what I've seen from the season. I'm not just talking about one game. But we do know this. Um, we're playing, I mean, the best team we're going to see the rest of the year. There ain't no doubt about that. We and need as much gonna, And you're probably going to see twice. Huh? Yeah, I mean, that's if, what I'm if, saying. If things go well, yeah, you're going to see them And twice. this is what we need. I mean, we need to bring what we have at them, fill them out. If we can get the win, 
We know, I mean, that's a good jumping point for the ACC game. If we don't get the win, we hold it close. We're going into fourth quarter with a shot. I like our chances because that quarterback has not been tested in the fourth quarter. Stephen yep. Morris is so erratic, you know, with his decisions. He'll, he'll make one spectacular throw and then three or four. It's like, where did that one go? I mean, well, hopefully he won't be erratic on Saturday. He can't be. They, they, they can't I mean, afford they'll that. They'll, they'll pick him, and it'll be six on the board before we know it. I mean, it's like everything he learned in his mechanics, you know. I was watching him, and he's throwing off his back foot a lot, and it's just like, man, you know, it just gets to me. But anyway, I know this. we got to go to this game Saturday with as much playing experience, and for God's sake, if if Al Golden can get Michael Irvin to give that speech in that um, locker room before the game, I like <laughs> our like that, even huh? more. That was a hell of a speech. All right, thanks a lot for calling. Hopefully, uh, okay, Gary, yeah, we'll see you on the board. Now. We'll hear from yeah, we'll hear from okay. you next week. Yes, sir. All right, let's go out now to the um, the six oh nine where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary, it's Lewis from New Jersey. Hey, what's up, Lewis? Thanks for holding on. Going on, uh, big Canes fan here up in New Jersey, and I'm really psyched up for this game on Florida State. But at the same time, I kind of disgusted too because of all the um, NCAA problems that we had the past couple of years, and that's hurt our recruiting. That you know, when you look at it, of course, Florida State has the, the players, and they recruited better than us the past couple of years because of the problems with the NCAA and all that. So. Um, as a realistic Canes fan, you know, in my heart, I want them to win this Saturday and stuff like that, but uh, it's a challenge, you know, because we know that team has uh, – they're loaded and uh, up there. But um, what I'm looking at right now is, honestly, this game is important, and we all win it, but I think the next game is even more important. But um, for this game on really Saturday, the next two? Not feel, the, yeah, yeah, the next year. Don't forget Duke. <laughs> everybody, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, sure, it's yeah. going to take some getting used to for everybody, but you can't forget about Duke now. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, this team is. I like. Like uh, I think it was some one of the callers saying. I think Joe said it's some team. I think is like a year away. Um, but um, I think you know, too. doesn't. Yeah, but it doesn't stop us to get excited. You know, for the Saturday. But um, no, you're seven and zero in the top ten. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I was not expecting that. You know that. So I'll take it. So I don't. Um, I'm not, not complaining, but um, what they're going to have to do, I don't know. I mean, Donofio, he's going to have to get after this Winston guy and just, you know, let it all out on Saturday. Because, I mean, like I said, um, probably going to have to play this team again for the championship uh, if, you know, we, we win next week. So, I mean, you're going to have to let out, not, not let this guy be comfortable in the pocket. I mean, you're going to have to mix it up. But uh, you're going to have to unleash Gilbert, you know, and, and these other guys, you know, this game, you know, and 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 one of the things about a quarterback is if you rush, and it doesn't matter how good you are, you see the NFL all the time. No quarterback likes to get rushed. Now, you, of course, you have to mix it up. I, I agree. That I'm not saying you're gonna blitz all the time, but you can't let that guy sit back there and just pick you apart. And that's what he's gonna do. And one of the things that the Kings gonna have to, they're gonna have to take away. I think Florida State, they all have good wide receivers, but I think their most explosive guys were Rashad Green. This guy. Yes. He's always like, I see him, you know, scoring and catching bombs, and he's like, he seems like he's probably the fastest receiver. They're gonna have to take him out 
because you can't take everybody out, but you're gonna have to. It's gonna take be tough, you know. He, he he's a matchup problem, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, Tracy yeah. Howard can't run with him. I'm not sure Gunther can run with him. him. You know, they they may need uh-huh. to try to match up like an Artie Burns with him. You know, Artie Burns is probably fast enough to mm-hmm. run with him. Um, but yeah, you know, he's a big play guy, and and, and I guarantee you, they're gonna be having safeties keeping an eye on him as well, uh, trying to make sure he uh-huh. doesn't get deep on them. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm thinking, you know, because uh, he's, he's so fast, and I know the other guys can't probably run with him, but either, you know, double team or bracket him, and then and then the other receivers, you just got to say, you're going to have, you know, like uh, Gunter and other guy and Howard, cover the other receivers, you got to say, you're going you're gonna to have to win. You know, you're going to have to win, and we're not going to let this green guy catch all these bombs, and because and, he does it every game, it seems like it. And then mm-hmm. the number one, they're gonna to have to stop the focus. You know, first it stops with stops the run. They're gonna to have to stop the run, and then on top of that, try to take one of his receivers out and let like O'Leary or whoever just beat you. I mean, you know, if, if O'Leary's gonna beat you, you know, you're gonna to have to. Yeah, I guess like picking your poison. I guess you know what I mean. It's so hard that that offense. But um, they're gonna to have to go after this guy. What I'm trying to say is, you can't. You're gonna to have to blitz. You got to mix it up and go after him. You know, I agree, and, uh, and you know, I, I think everyone's going to be real disappointed if, if if there isn't you know that all out effort in the in this game to to you know to really just do everything possible to mess up the Florida State offense. And I and I got to believe there will be. I, I'll be shocked if they if they just sit mm-hmm. and try to sit in zone the whole night and and, no. and let Jameis Winston pick them apart. I I just don't see that happening. I you know I think they're going to try to mix things up quite a bit, uh, try to speed the game up for them and, and take their best shot. Yeah, they're going to have to. And then yeah. um, for, for for the offense, they're going to have to take these monsters that they have on, on, on their offensive line. All these guys, Feliciano, you know, Linder, Dermott, you know, all these guys big are game. Like 300 pounds. Six, they, they're going to just have to smash mouth football, but they're going to have to win it's a big it. big game because, for the O-line. I agree. Yeah. You're going to have, you know, you know, if Central wants to play, I don't know. But, you know, all these guys – that they have their 300-plus, 6'4", 6'5". You know what? They're going to have to win the line of scrimmage. Boston College ran like 200-something yards on them when they played. You can run on this. I mean, if you – like, I mean, if anything you can do on this damn defense, is, their defense is nasty. But uh, if there's one thing you can do, I guess it seems like you can run a little bit. And they're going to have to impose their will and use that. Yep. The, the tight ends, you know, Kowalford and, and these guys. Got to be physical. Block the tight ends. Yeah, they're going to yep. have to. And then from there – do the play action pass. If they don't run the ball, yep. it's gonna be a long night. And, yes, sir. Uh, I think the number, you know, I think the target's one fifty. I think you gotta run for yeah. one hundred and fifty yards in this game if you want to win. I agree so. with you. They're gonna have to do it, and then Golden, you know, I guess, gonna have you know this type of game. I would, you know, you know, maybe have a trick play here and there, or I don't know. Sure, they'll have everything you know. working. Yeah. All right, give us, gonna, give us a know, call next. Give us a call next week, and we'll uh, we'll talk about the result. Thanks, Gary. All right, thanks for calling. All right, let's go out now to the um, the five one five. That's cool. Where um, you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey Gary. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for holding on. Hey, no problem. Uh, well, first I wanted to uh, address a couple things. A couple callers said, you know, a couple guys were talking about the process. What's the process? You know, kind of, I don't know, kind of ragging on the process a little bit, but. You know, the process has gotten us 7-0. and You I know, at the end of the day, if you can't see that the process is working, whether you know what it is or not, it's clearly working. So, you know, I'm pretty happy with the process. Um, 
Yeah, Al Golden yeah. runs a very nice program. You know, I mean, they're still a little short personnel-wise, and, and I, I still think it's going to take at least two more years. And that's a byproduct of the NCAA investigation and also the SEC factor. You know, I think the fact that the SEC is kind of like the in vogue thing now, and they're getting so many players from Florida. I think um, I think Miami's taken the, the biggest brunt of that because of the NCAA investigation and the fact that, you know, Kids that might have come to Miami didn't come to Miami, so it's going to take a couple more years, I think, to get it to get it really right. But beyond that, Al Golden runs a great program. I, I think he's a very high quality CEO, and yeah, no, definitely no reason to diss on the process. Yeah, I, I agree 100. percent We need we need two more recruiting classes. Uh, this class we've got going right now is huge, and I, you know, people just need to have patience. I think five years from now, we're going to be talking about Al Golden as you know, one of the best coaches in college football. Um, yep. Might be sooner. The than next that. thing I want to talk about is is Duke Johnson. Uh, he, I, I'm going to say, the game against Wake Forest was his best game by far as a running back. It wasn't his best game stat wise, but as a running back, it was his best game, and it's the first time all year that I've seen him bring out the stiff arm. He has an elite stiff arm. And all year I've been screaming every time he touches the ball, where's your stiff arm? Where's your stiff arm? He got coached up last week. He must have gotten coached up last week, bring out the stiff arm, because he was using that religiously, and it was working. I hope that he keeps – I hope he keeps that up this game. That stiff arm is elite. It's the best stiff arm in, in college football. Well, you know, um, I think watching Dallas Crawford run as hard as he did um, – up at North Carolina kind of inspired Duke a little bit because I agree with you. He was running really, really hard against Wake Forest as hard as he's ever run in his career. Yeah. And, um, you know, faster. I kind of worry about him getting 30 carries. You know, that's a, that's a little too many, but, um, you know, without question, you, you, you gotta be impressed with the way he was running in that ball game. Yeah. He looked faster than he did all year too. I mean, every, yeah. everything about his game looked, looked better. He looked sluggish all year, really, kind of until this game. He, he looked faster. He looked stronger. The stiff arm he was, was fresh. Great. You know, he had no, it, it, not, you know, there were no issues. You know, he was, he was fresh. He hadn't played a lot of football the last the previous couple weeks, and you know, he was ready to go. Yeah. Now I want to talk a little bit about the the offensive scheme. Obviously, we've got to we've got to establish the run. We've got to get some yards on the run. Um, you know, I think you know we'd be crazy to think that. FSU's game plan isn't going to be stack the box and bring heat on Stephen Morris right from the start. You know, I mean, he's, he's obviously uh, been getting a little bit more flustered than he has in the past from the pass rush, and, you know, I think they're going to bring the heat. So how are we going to counter that? Are we going to, you know, run some running back screens, throw some screens to the wide receivers, maybe some quick slants over the middle, you know, with two two tight end sets? What do you think we're going to do there? I think all of the above. I, I think you're going to see James Coley come out and, and, and really look to mix it up. I, I think the number one priority is going to be to run the football. But I think Florida State's number one priority is going to be to stop the Miami running game. So, you know, you're going to have forces that are going to probably collide a little bit there. And I think it's going to take the versatility of a pro-style offense um, executing at a top form to get out of this ball game, and, and anything short of that, Miami's not going to have a chance to win in the fourth quarter. So I'm expecting them to try everything, to be honest with you. I think there's, there's going to be um, a lot of things we might see that we haven't seen a ton of 
this year um, that, you know, some wrinkles possibly that have been prepared for Florida State over the last few weeks. And it's going to be interesting to see how they do. You know, it's a, it's a good test for this offense. Yeah. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that a lot of people haven't been saying because everybody's been praising you know Jameis Winston. He's clearly a, you know a good quarterback, but to be honest, I I think he's been bailed out a lot all season long by his wide receivers. I think that his wide receivers do not get nearly the credit that they deserve for you know really go back and watch those games. He's throwing up a lot of jump balls, quite a few jump balls. And those wide receivers are going up and getting the ball. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin's been making just sick catches all year long, and so is Rashad Green. Um, so, you know, I'm not nearly as worried about about Jameis Winston. If we can get some good coverage on those wide receivers, because I think Jameis Winston's, you know, I think we're going to get pressure on him. Other, other teams have been able to get pressure on him. They haven't been able to tackle him for some reason. Uh, he's big, man. Think, he's a big boy. Yeah. Yeah, that's true, but I think Tyreek McCord can handle that if, we, if he can get the pressure. Uh, huh. But I think if we get pressure, he's going to he's going to throw up those you know those jump balls in the coverage, and you know if we've got the right coverage, I think we can we can get we can grab some of those. But that's well, the thing that will be the most. Of. That'll be the plan. That will without how question are we be the cover, plan. How are we going to cover those four you know wide receivers? And when I say four, I'm you know I'm talking about Shaw Green. Benjamin and O'Leary. You know, when those four are going out for passes, you know, at the same time, that's what worries me. Because I just, I don't know if we've got the horses to cover that, those playmakers. Well, I think you'll see a mixture. Yeah, I, I think they're going to have to mix it up. That'll be, that That has to be the goal, to, to make uh, make Jameis, you know, head race, make him, make him think a little bit more than he's had to think so far this year. So I think you'll see them mix everything up. All right, Gary. All right. All right, thanks give us a, a call next week. We'll, we'll we'll talk about the game. Uh thank, thanks for calling. All right, let's shoot out now to the um the 954 where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Gary, what's happening, my man? Yeah, just sitting here like always talking some Kane's football with all my buddies. Yeah, 7 and 0. Feels good, doesn't it? Y- yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Nice start. Yeah, it does. I just uh, got a couple things um the O line, man. These guys need to earn their earn their money, man. Like the the Linders and the Hendersons, I think that they yeah. can uh, can can open up some holes for these guys. I think you know we'll have a chance, you know, kind of run the clock out a little bit and keep that you know that condom hat wearing freshman off the field. And um, I think we need to rush that guy and put some pressure on him. I don't know why people think we should sit back and let him throw the ball around the park like that because it's not going to work. No, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean. Big offensive line game this week. You know, big offensive line. They, this football team really needs those guys to step up. They're all veterans now. Um, played a lot of football. They're battle tested, and th- this needs to be a physical ball game. And, and if you're going to beat Florida State in Tallahassee, you need to be a physical football team. And it's going to start with those guys on the offensive line. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I think these, I think these guys are going to be fired up with this, all this talk about, you know, all the ESPN guys and. Everybody telling them how good Florida State is and how they're three touchdown favorites and yada yada yada. But at the end of the day, I mean, these guys, you know, bring the you know bring that fire and intensity. I, I don't see why it can't come down to the last possession or two in uh, in Choke Campbell Stadium. 
Well, that'll definitely be the goal. You know that. You know. You know that. You know that's right, going to definitely be the goal. All right. Thanks for calling. I yeah, give us a call it. next week. Yeah, we'll talk about the game next week. Um, all right. Let's go now to the um, the seven eight six where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you tonight? Hey, how's it going, Gary? Going good. How you doing? Good in yourself, man. You know, um, looking at the the quarterback position uh, over the years. Um, we've had many great names into that category, uh, from Ken Dorsey, Vinny Testaverde, Bernie Kosar, and a few others. But uh, Morris hasn't exactly proven himself so far in his senior campaign. Um, after he leaves, can Miami find a replacement, or, or how long is it going to take for Miami to find a decent or above-average quarterback? Wow. You know, that's a really, really good question and a really tough one to answer. Um, you know, as far as Morris's senior year, you know, I think you got to cut him a little bit of a break. I mean, you know, he got hurt and he's been playing with, with an ankle and, and, and an Achilles problem. And, you know, it's it's really affected him. You know, you could, if you want to make the argument that, you know, he you, you could be insensitive and say <laughs> – you know he's got to be mentally tougher than this. You know he can't right. let a. He can, you know he's out there walking. He's out there running. It can't be that bad. You know the kid's got to mm-hmm. be mentally tougher. He can't throw the football away. He can't let his mechanics break down. You know if we want to sit here and be hard asses, and and you know you know certainly have the fodder to do to do so. I mean he he's been playing very erratically over the last month, um, but hopefully he gets healthy uh, for this ball game. And and comes out and plays a great game on Saturday. I think that's what you got to hope for. He's not going to get benched. They're not going to bring Ryan Williams in at the expense of Stephen Morris. I feel pretty pretty confident predicting that. Um, this is his moment. It's it, it's his team and his time. And I think everybody should stay behind him. You know, I really do. I I, I think he's you know obviously had some tough times, but you can't abandon Stephen Morris at this point. Yeah, now, you're, you're right, Gary. And uh, talk about my last the, question. The, the, um, well, before you go to your next question, you mentioned the future. I mean, yes, you know, yes. I mean, I never in a million years would have thought that Ryan Williams would be the quarterback in, in, in the 2014 season. But right Thank now, you. right now, he might be the front runner. You know, he really might. I mean, he has improved quite a bit now in an ideal world. You know, you'd probably like to see Kevin Olsen come through spring practice and prove that he's better than Ryan Williams because that means that you're going to be a better football team. Um, we don't know yet what's going to happen with Brad Kaya and Malik Rozier. You know, they're not even on campus yet. Um, yeah. And I, so, you know, it's really hard to say a lot about those guys. Um, but, you know, I, I think you have to – the guy you got to really hope develops quickly is Kevin Olsen either proving that he's better – than Ryan Williams or pushing Ryan Williams to even continue proving, improving even more. Um, it, but in terms of an elite guy at that position right now, I can't sit here and say they have it and, and you, you know, with any type of definitiveness because we don't see that yet. You know, we just don't, it, it, it is what it is. You know, Jed fish you know, was a good offense coordinator. He, he did not do a good job recruiting quarterbacks. And that's why you see the quarterback position right now in the situation that it's in. True. I can't say it better myself, Gary. And um, for my last question, if Miami does pull up this uh, this upset, will how big of an impact will it be on our 2014 recruiting class and uh, our upcoming future recruiting classes? Will it be too big of an impact, or will it be just another win? I think it'll. And, and uh, Keenan Codrington is going to join us, and we'll talk with him about this also. But um, I think it'll impact 2015 and 16 
much more so than 2014, just because the 2014 class really for both Miami and Florida State is almost done. You know, I mean, you almost have a full class already. They'll probably fill in another five, six, seven guys. But, you know, I think it'll impact the next two years um, more so than this year. All right. Well, All right. Uh, thank you, Gary. I appreciate your time. Oh, no problem. Thanks for calling. Give, give us a call uh, again next week. All right, now we're going to go out real quick to the um, the 229 before Keenan Codrington joins us for a little recruiting talk. And you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how you doing, Gary? Doing good. How you doing? I'm good. My name is George Williams, man, and I just got a question. Like, why haven't we been using Duke more in the passing game? Um, probably because they're going to throw it to him about ten times on Saturday. <laughs> I, mean, I really hope so. Like, I mean, you know, it's in the offense. It's just a matter of when Coley decides to to, to whip it out. You know, I mean, you can't. The, the thing is. Some teams can get away with doing the same thing every single game, but those are usually your teams that are going to win seven games, eight games, if they have a great year, maybe nine. If you're looking at being a championship football team and running the table or winning 11 games in a season, you're probably not going to be able to come out unless you're really, really good, like like Alabama good, um, and right, do the right. exact same thing every single game. And Miami is certainly not at that point personnel-wise. So, yeah, I think there's yeah. a little bit of um, possum going on, a little bit of coaching going on. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty in the arsenal that they haven't shown yet, and um, some uh-huh. of it will be whipped out on Saturday at Doe Campbell. Okay, what, what about Rashawn Scott? You think he'll play a big role? Yes, I don't know game? about big role or not big role, but I do think he'll be out there. He's He, he should be ready to go this week. Oh, okay. That, that, that was all I had well, sort of offense, man. Like, I'm like, dang, Duke two of them spe- – too special of a player not to be used, like you know. <laughs> well, yeah, I think I, you'll. I, I think you'll see. I think you're going to see a little bit more of that here these next three weeks in these big games. I don't think we're going to get about it. I think Bush should be used. I mean, um, Duke should be used like a Reggie Bush, Darren Sproles type in the offense. Yep. Well, you may see it Saturday. You'll see. We'll wait and see. Well, I hope so. <laughs> all right, man. Thank, that hey, was thanks all for I calling. Had, Give us a call again next week. We'll talk about the game. All right, now we're going to shift gears here for a few minutes. If you're on hold, please stay. We'll get back to you uh, soon. But I did want to take a couple minutes right now and, um, and talk to our friend uh, Keenan Codrington, who's the, one of the Southeast recruiting analysts for Rivals.com. And, you know, you guys listen to the show every week. have have heard Keenan come on here regularly and give us some insight and updates on things he's seeing, particularly around the state of Florida, which is the area that he frequents the most. Uh, Keenan, how are you doing this week? I'm doing okay. How are you? Well, we're doing good, man. Big week, big week. Big week for recruiting, big week for Miami um, and Florida State. And uh, yeah. obviously a lot of excitement. Yeah, what's going on this weekend? I haven't heard. <laughs> well, I mean, for starters, um, I've been looking at this uh, this list of recruits, requested tickets from Florida State. Um, obviously, it's going to be the place to be for the top high school players this weekend, huh? It is, Gary. I mean, you know, you look at the list, and it's almost like and I'm kind of being a little facetious here, but the entire rivals 250 for the 2014 class and probably half of those guys for the 2015 class are going to be at this game. And, you know, it's pretty similar to what Miami had in attendance when they played Florida. So um, luckily for the Cans, we'll be a part of two of the biggest recruiting weekends in the Sunshine State. And they'll have a chance to, um, you know, they got it 
they got a win under their belt when they played Florida, and they'll have a chance to do number two and, uh, you know, prove that they're, you know, they can play with Florida State, maybe even beat them and show that they're not too far behind when it comes to the cream of the crop, not only in the SEC or in the ACC, but in the rest of the entire country. How much have you found um, games like this and attendance by top recruits at games like this to impact the ultimate decision in recruiting? You know, that's a good question, Gary. I think with this game, um, you know, I don't think you're going to see many recruits, um, you know, win or lose for Miami and or Florida State, you know, make their verbal commitment following the game. I think you're seeing two programs that are definitely headed in the right direction. I think with um, Miami, their, their progression and their coach golden in year three, I think it's a little faster than what most people expected to be 7-0 and undefeated in the first week of November. I think that's all you could, you could – that's pretty much what everybody could ask for, maybe even more. So I think both I think recruits are going to look at this game and see two teams heading in the right direction, two teams that are playing this game this late in the season with possible BCS national championship implications. And, you know, Gary, you've covered the team a lot longer than I have. This game used to be – they used to have an impact on the national title race, and I think college football fans are excited to see that again. And, you know, whether it's Miami and Florida State, you know, Florida State, Florida, Miami even playing Florida, it's really good to see – you know, the national championship picture may be being decided in the Sunshine State, and I think recruits are excited about that. And I think they like both sides of the, of the ball with, you know, both teams doing very well and, you know, Miami being number six in the rivals team ranking and Florida State being number seven. So I think you'll see recruits take it, um, you know, with a grain of salt, and, you know, but it's still a long way to go before February. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because it's a question that a lot of people are always asking myself and I'm sure you um, people always expect these games to have like huge recruiting impacts, and you know the fact of the matter is, Florida State's recruiting class is almost full right now, and Miami's is also. And you know I'm sitting here looking at this list of kids that are coming, and starting with you know all the kids that are committed to Florida State, and I find it hard to believe that no, no matter what happens on Saturday night, that any of those kids are going to flip uh, their commitments, uh, you know, based on, on what they see in the Miami, Florida state game. Um, now, you know, there are some kids though, that are not committed that are coming to this game that I think we, you know, we, we should talk about here, um, for a minute because, you know, the, the one thing, well, let's, let's touch on this first. The one thing that I've noticed is that the emergence of Jameis Winston and Florida state, because of that, becoming a little bit of a glamour team this season because of all the hype around Jameis, uh, I think it's having an effect from the Florida standpoint in a positive way on their their national recruiting. And you know, I look at like kids that are coming in here um, this weekend. You know, you got a Joe Mixon from California mm-hmm. who's a real high level right. running back. You know, Addery Jackson, um, Josh Malone is on the list. Malachi Dupree is on this yeah. list. Um, even though he's from Florida, Travis Rudolph is on there. Um, Anthony Moten from St. Thomas, obviously, who's, who I would think is going to check out both schools. And um, right. Kenny Young out of, um, is another one that popped out at me. And um, Kentavious Street, the great defensive end out of North Carolina. So, you know, I, I think, and, and tell me if you agree with this, that, that Florida State's emergence because of Winston as a glamour team is positively affecting them in recruiting and might, as an extension because of this ball game impact Miami in a positive way as well. 
Sure, and you know, and like I said, I mean, I think you get you know guys like Moten and Street and some of these other guys who are looking at both schools. They get an opportunity to see, you know, both teams play on the same field, um, you know, in prime time on college game day. I think it's pretty exciting, you know. And Miami, depending on the outcome, Miami may play well, may be in the game, they may be they may win the game. But I think you're gonna you could like you said you could see an impact for both schools, you know, um, seeing you know each recruit seeing both schools and and maybe considering down the road. So. It's an interesting point. I think it's exciting, again, like I said, for just the state of Florida and these two programs to be where they are right now in November. And I think recruits are, are starting to see that, you know. And I think, you know, even like you said, both teams are going to spot recruit down the stretch, you know. They, they're almost close to being full. Miami has to, you know, take away three scholarships. So I think they're going to kind of spot recruit. And Florida State's going to do the exact same thing, and they're going to go for the high-level targets and then. You know, also both teams will go with their players and they think that their system, and that's pretty much more important than stars at the end of the day. Now, um, one thing I did hear this week, uh, one of the kids I mentioned who we've spoken about in the past, uh, Travis Rudolph, and I was kind of surprised, surprised but um, to hear or learn that there is still ongoing dialogue there between him and, and the Miami camp. And um, I don't know... I'm not, certainly not going to predict that Travis Rudolph is going to end up at Miami, even though he was committed there once before, and they're, they're, it's been the roller coaster ride all through recruiting. But I right. also, as, as we sit here right now, am not totally convinced that Miami can't get back in the game there, especially if they're able to, at the end of next month, get a commitment from Johnny Dixon. Your opinion? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a good point. I, I've had a lot of discussions with Travis and even his coach, Steve Walsh, who, you know, played at Miami, won a national championship, went on to the NFL. And Travis, um, each time, he, he has a lot of respect for Miami. That was his dream school. Um, his cousin, Devin Hester, you know, he, he likes the Miami program. I think, you know, with Travis's situation, you know, obviously we don't know all the details, but there were some lines of communication that were a little altered with his recruitment and he felt he needed to look around and, you know, weigh his options. I think Miami would, I mean, it would be hard-pressed for them not to go after, you know, Rudolph Skill. I mean, he's that type of impact player at the receiver position, at, the, at a skill position of need for them. And then obviously with his ties to the university, you, you mean you, you have no problem going to the end of the wire with him, maybe even coming in February. Now, him and Dixon are pretty close. They, they mentioned they want to play together. They have a couple of schools in common, like Alabama, Ohio State, and Miami. Um, Dixon's going to make his decision a little sooner than Travis on November 30th, then next month, about a month away from right now, and then Travis will make his Under Armour All-American game. So um, that's January 2nd. So Miami has a date, but they know they need to get in there with Rudolph. You know, they do have you know a few remaining spots. Like you mentioned, Gary, they're going to be pretty selective. Um, you get a guy like Dixon, you already got a guy like Darius, but will you turn out on Travis Rudolph? Absolutely not. And I think Miami would still get out of the wire with them, and, you know, they could be in good shape. He's not – you know, I know he's going up this weekend. He had mentioned uh, to me, Gary, that he wasn't going to go to Florida State until December. Now, both you and I have talked about the large number of recruits for this game. And, you know, Gary, you, you were at the Florida-Miami game, and I was there too. You know, it's very hard for these coaches to spend a lot of time with over 100 prospects on a, such a big game in a primetime setting. You know, it's not as, not as easy as the, after the season when you can sit down with them and spend a lot more time with them. So, you know, fans may see 150 recruits, but you know the college coaches don't have as much time as they're preparing, you know, preparing for the game that day to spend with recruits. So 
that's why you see schools like Miami, even USC, take official visitors after the season so they can get one-on-one interaction. And I think yep. Travis kind of been surprised with saying he's going to go this weekend when he had told me originally he wasn't going to go to December. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens and what kind of priority they put on certain recruits. And that may turn off one recruit and it may turn on another recruit. So you never know in, in this type of game and this type of environment. But, again, it's a long way to go to February. You know, both schools are pretty close to being full. You may see some attrition with each class as they get down the stretch and the Jameis Winston factor for Florida State and maybe even the factor for Miami going to ACC championship as they can run out the rest of November. They may have some attrition with them as they start recruiting some higher priority prospects on their board. Now, um, Anthony Moten's from St. Thomas, the defensive end, defensive tackle, is another kid. Uh, who's confirmed that he's going to be in Tallahassee this weekend. And a lot of people have been assuming for a long time now that he's going to end up at Miami, but he has not pulled the trigger and committed. And, you know, how seriously do you think he's considering Florida State? You know, I think they're kind of the dark horse with Anthony. I think it's Miami, Florida State, kind of one-two with Miami a little bit in the lead. I think the reason he hasn't pulled the trigger yet, I, I think he just wants to make sure this time around with his recruitment that he's 100% final. You know, he's committed to Florida. He backed off his pledge. His cousin, Michael Moten, played on the 96 championship team for Florida. So he has a lot of ties there. But something didn't work out with him in Florida. So I think this time he's just really taking his time. He's actually taken the SAT on Saturday morning, and he was pretty happy that the game went to primetime so he can get up to Tallahassee. It'll get a chance for him to see both schools. But I think at the end of the day, I think Miami's in pretty good shape for him. I know Miami wants him. As far as playing time instead, I think Miami may be the better location. When you look at Florida State's uh, defensive tackle board, they I think they have four guys committed. So the, the space, again, as you mentioned before, it may be very limited, and I think Miami may offer maybe a little more playing time. I think he's close with Jelani Hamilton. I think, you know, with Moten, I think he's interested to see what kind of impact Jelani has this year. I think that's maybe one thing he's waiting on to see if his former teammate and kind of former mentor can make an impact for Miami if if, if he can get not, more reps or, or prove Jelani's he, making he can, zero impact. <laughs> yeah. So if, he, you know, if he's waiting to see Jelani's impact, that's not going to spell good things for Miami. But I, I do think Jelani sure. will make a bigger impact next year than, you know, he, sure, just, sure. he just doesn't fit into the rotation this year. And they haven't had right. injuries, so they haven't been forced yeah, and, to, you know. You're right. And he could be, he could be communicating with, you know, Anthony that, hey, you know, Next year, maybe my time to come in and start. You can learn from me, and that could be a positive thing for Miami with Moten. So, you know, again, I think, um, you know, it's kind of an interesting situation where I think he's talking to Jelani a little bit more. I think that's kind of helping Miami, but at the same time, I think, you know, Jelani wants to make a bigger impact, and I think he wants to tell Anthony he can do the same if he comes there. Now, um, let's talk real quick about Ehrman Lane. Uh, another guy that could potentially show up in Tallahassee this weekend. I know he, he has started considering the Seminoles. What's the latest you're hearing on him? You know, he's been a little, he's been relatively quiet with, um, you know, recruiting recently. I, I know, I believe Coach Muschamp was at his game last Friday when Florida had their bye. So I think they're still putting their best foot forward to keep them in the mix. I think, you know, obviously, like you said, Florida State's the attractive school right now, especially with Jameis. So, I think he's going to consider them. I um, think Florida's still in pretty good shape for him. I, as long as Quincy Wilson and, you know, the rest of his South Florida guys that he's pretty close with, guys like Chris Lamont, um, they stay committed to Florida. I think they're going to be in pretty good shape with him. I think Miami's still going to try to make a run with him. You know, him and Michael Barrow are, are 
are close and have that, you know, Homestead family connection. So, you know, they're, they're going to be in the mix as well. But, you know, with Florida's offensive struggles, you can bet that Florida State and Miami and all these other schools are using it against, you know, Florida and some of their offensive recruits like Ehrman, you know, even Dallin Cook and those guys um, down the stretch. Now, you know, you mentioned 2015 kids. Um, there's going to be an enormous number of them up there as, as well. Guys like Jacques Patrick, um, uh, Sean Burgess Becker is going to be there. Um, he's a guy that a lot of schools want, Tavares McFadden. Um, so I, I think at the end of the day, like we said, when you look at 2015 and even 2016, that's going to probably have a greater impact than 2014 when you're talking about recruiting. So uh, it'll it'll be yeah. interesting to see. See just you know how that goes. Um, before we let you go, Keenan, any um, anything else happening out there that from the Miami standpoint you think people might be interested in that you've seen? Well, you know, Gary, I spent last Tuesday about a week ago at um, American Heritage to catch up with Isaiah McKenzie, Tavares McFadden, and uh, you know the great five-star running back Sony Michelle. And Sony, you know, talked to me on camera a little bit about Miami. So they're a school that's really the only school still coming after him, um, trying to get him to flip from Georgia. And I think they're putting a pretty good, they're putting a good foot forward with Sony. I think he, uh, obviously his family is very, is very important to him. They're very close. They've seen the majority of his games. His mom works at the school. So at the end of the day, I think Miami could push maybe staying close to home, kind of being the man in his backyard and, you know, given an opportunity to maybe play a little bit earlier than Georgia could make an impact down the road. I think, Georgia's still in good shape. He's saying all the right things about UGA, but he took a visit to Miami. He was going to Miami last week for the Wake Forest game. I tried to catch up with him afterwards. I haven't heard back from him yet. But I think Miami's still making a strong push with Sony. So keep an eye on that as they try to add another running back with Yerby and maybe even a guy like Dalvin Cook who told me on Monday following his Florida State visit that Miami calls him as much as any of the schools out there. They're trying to get him to flip. So, you know, Miami's still going after the top-tier guys, and, again, they're kind of spot recruiting, and they want the best guys on the board, and, you know, a lot of those guys are from their backyard. So keep an eye on some of those situations with guys like Sony and Dalvin. All right, well, thanks a lot for, you know, coming on the show again. We always, you know, appreciate you taking the time. And uh, maybe we'll talk to you again in the next couple of weeks after the uh, Florida State game and uh, see what you thought. Sounds good. I appreciate the time, Gary. Have fun up there this weekend, and it should be – a great atmosphere and a great game, and I'm sure next week uh, it'll be flowing with updates and recruiting articles from the from the from the players that came out this weekend. Without question, thanks, Keenan. That's Keenan Codrington, our recruiting analyst for the Southeast with Rivals.com. We thank him for joining us. Always brings um, great insight uh, to the show. Uh, so let's see, we got about uh, forty, almost forty-five minutes of, of show left, and uh, dedicated to your phone calls. 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Uh, we're going to start out now in the, um, well, uh, well, this this might be a new caller from 678. If you've been on the show already, I, I apologize. You're now live on Kane Sport Live. Um, let's go now to the uh, 205, where you are now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? I'm pretty good. How are you doing, Gary? Doing good. What's happening? Oh, nothing, man, nothing. Just so I'm just getting ready to head to Tallahassee this week, you know, for the big game. Um, I, um, I've I've seen Jameis Winston play for uh, you know a long period of time. 
like in high school, my younger brother played against them. Um, and, and I've seen, I'm not to compare high school and college, but when I've seen him play, a lot of things he had trouble with against us, what my brother's team was, we played man coverage and we, we just, we blitzed them all night. We, we bump and run and try to get a, get a, get a, a major blitz on them. And I think, I think Miami, I think we have the, 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 the defensive backs to do that. I, we just got to trust them a little bit more. I think we got to do a little bit more bump and runs. I think Tracy Highway is great at that because I think he showed that against Florida and against um, North Carolina. Um, and another thing, um, I've been talking to talking talking about the game to a lot of people. I think that Florida, Florida State has not seen a run game like 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 Miami's. Um, if you, if you look at Clemson, they're pretty much a predictable team. As far as that little zone, you know, they take the little zone read, Absolutely. and they they all yes. about throwing the ball. And I think I, I don't think they're going to be able to hold up with our zone our zone run. That zone the zone run we do. I really think we'll pull off the game late just because of that simple fact because we're going to set up the play action because we're going to gash them a couple of times because they're not used to a team being physical with them up front. And I think that's going to be the biggest key of the game. Well, how do you feel about that? 100% agree with you. Uh, I think that Miami's best chance in this game is to turn it into a slugfest and, and, and get after it. And, and the best way to do that is with that big offensive line – experienced offensive line, running the football, get all the running backs involved, and, and then when they, when they load up against the run, hit them with the play action. And I agree with you. You know, Florida State, and I'm going to try to pull, pull their depth chart up here, you know, while I'm talking, but, you know, they're really relatively young um, on the defensive line. It, it's, not a, it's not a veteran defensive line by any stretch of the imagination. And, and they really haven't played a team – that can pound the rock. And uh, exactly. so, yeah, I, I mean, I think you're being, you know, very observant there in, 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 in bringing that up. And, and I, I do think that the running game is going to be a big part of the uh, game plan this weekend. Yeah. And another thing I've noticed, um, the, um, the defensive coordinator at Florida State, I know he's a former Alabama guy and they like to blitz a lot. I think we're really going to have to throw some, some halfback screens, some tunnel screens, to our receivers and to our running backs, that'll make them have to play us a little bit more honest. You see what They're going to have to do everything. Yeah. Well, another question, why do we not play both sideline? Because, I, I, I mean, when we first, when, we, when, he, when he committed and got on campus, it was how raised all this and that, Jeremy Shockley and all this and that. And I, you really don't, you don't see him. And I think, it's, I think it's a big waste. I think we need to, you know, try to utilize all our tight ends. So we got three great ones. Because Wofford, he, he, he really has impressed me this year because last year he was, he, the first part of the season, he was, oh, my God, he was disappointed. Well, let me answer your question real quick. I, I, I think the reason you're not seeing Sandlin more is because, A, Walford's been playing great. And Asante Cleveland's ahead of him on the depth chart. You know, is a little bit more of a complete tight end. Now, you know, Asante's graduating. Um, I'm expecting Walford to come back next year. But, you know, Sandlin really figures to have a, a, a much more increased role next year as, as a senior than he's having this year. And that'll give him another year in the weight program. You know, he's not a big, really that big of a tight end. Needs to develop physically a little bit more and I think he'll be more equipped to make a bigger contribution uh, next fall um, hey before we, we go on even f- forward even further I, I want to get back to what we were talking about a minute ago about the defensive line and just show everybody some specifics here you know they, they start four guys 
on the defensive line, three sophomores and a junior. Okay, so, you know, that's a young defensive line, and, and I think that that's a place with Miami's experienced O-line, physical O-line, that the Hurricanes can attack. And, and, and that's why I think the running game is going to be such a huge, huge, huge part of the game plan. Because, you know, it, it, just, it just figures to be a matchup that favors the Hurricanes. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree, and, and that's just one thing that everybody's been overlooking. Yeah, they've been blowing a lot of teams out of the water, but a lot of the, a lot of the team that did have success in them and, and, and was up on them big was Boston College, and that's because they could they, they ran well and they set up their, their play acts. That's the only team uh-huh. that had success. That's what they did, and I think Miami is two or three times better than Boston College, not to take nothing away from them, but I just think we got far superior athletes that we can get a lead on them and we can hold that lead. Because I, I, I just think that, that, that's just what I that, – that's my, my take on it right there. I just think we really have to yeah, establish that run. And, I don't disagree and, at all. You know, I just think – but I do think it's going to take a little bit of everything. I don't think there's any one thing that's going to win this game. Um, but I do think that the running game has to be what you hang your hat on offensively. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, okay, well, I'm glad to be on your show. And, you know, I'm with you all the way. And I will see you. I hope to see you there on Saturday. Oh, I'll be there. You know, I'll, okay, I will okay. definitely be there, and and then um, you know, give us a call next week, and we'll talk about the game. Oh yeah, twenty four seven, twenty four seventeen Miami. Sounds good. Thanks for calling. Oh, yeah. uh, all right. All right. Let's shoot out now. To, um, let's go to the three four seven, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? What's going on, Gary? This is Kwame. How are you? Hey, what's up, Kwame? Damn, I we're, cannot we're complain. Almost an hour and a half I, into the show this week before you get in. That's, that's you know uh, what? I'm, here, I'm I'm sitting here watching Cincinnati, Memphis, and hey, it's not on me this time. Okay, today is Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday is <laughs> supposed to start of this show. Okay, I call it yesterday, and I'm getting like jazz music. I'm like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah, we threw you a little bit of a curveball here. Sorry about that. We'll we'll be back on Tuesday next week. No problem. So I just want a quick statement. I want to thank. Las Vegas, I really do, because you, they couldn't give us any bigger bulletin mater, uh, board material than what they put that points for that uh, this week. Oh, I, uh, you know, forget about bulletin board material. How about for all the Miami fans out there that bet? <laughs> I mean, seriously. whoever would imagine you'd get 22 points? A I'm Miami telling you. Fan? I, Can you imagine a Miami fan get 22 points? 22 <laughs> points. I could not oh believe that when I, uh, God. I said, wow, that is – that is something. A twenty-three touchdown underdogs, and then if I were them, I would take you know whoever three oh is one or three penny films. I would if I were Al Golden, I would tell them to splice up all of this video for these commentators, and I would play that Friday night before the game, like Jimmy Johnson did with the old guys. Just slide in that tape and walk out the room, and, and, and let your team salivate on that for a little bit. And I, I really think. Uh, because you, if you look at, like you said, the depth chart for Florida State, you know, they have a lot of, like, really talented, high-rated guys, but they're, like, freshmen, sophomores, some of them are registered freshmen. They don't have a lot of experienced depth. And I really think Wheeler and Linder and uh, McDermott, and especially this kid uh, from Miami, New Orleans, the, the left tackle, I really like that kid. Uh, yeah, I think he could well. be a uh, Man, yeah, I think he, he, he's only going to be around for another year. Um, I really think if we can establish run early uh, and then stop Vontae Freeman and Wilder on the uh, on the defensive side of the ball, 
we have a chance to really be in the game. They haven't had a, a tight game yet. We haven't seen Jamise really, save the Boston College game, really be pressured. And we, moreover, we haven't seen them get hit. I think the Wake Forest game with how their offensive line lined up really negated our defensive ends. I don't think that will be the case this week. I think McCord, uh, it can be an X factor on third down uh, in this particular game because he had, Jamise has not faced heat yet. And I think uh, the offer knows is probably going to go out of zone, big coverage is to confuse him and then bring the heat from you know, areas which he can't see it. And I just wanted to get your take on that real quick. Yeah, I agree. I, you know, I think I think D'Onofrio is going to come and, and just throw it all at Jameis Winston, and you know I think he's going to see blitzes. I, you know, I think he'll see some zone. I think he'll see some man. Um, I think that they're just going to mix things up and and throw as much as they can at him to try to speed the game up. You know, and and that's probably yeah. the best approach a defensive coordinator could take. You know. I, I agree, and I, I missed uh, Keenan earlier because I was like, you know, I was just checking, you know, uh, the, the website like I usually do every hour on the hour, and I was just like, oh, let me call in, and so I missed the point. I don't know if you guys had discussed it, um, but you know, I'm, I get the blip that Sony Michelle is on campus and, and he's well, walking so around with. He he was not on campus. Call me in. Yeah, he was not on campus, but he was at the Wake Forest game. And he was getting a lot of special attention. They took him out on the field. He was out there for the pregame warm-ups. Players were coming up and talking to him. I mean, Sonny Michel's not going to not go to Miami because he's not feeling the love from the U. I'll tell you, I'll tell you that. I mean, he saw more love than maybe any recruit I've seen in a long time out there. I mean, he, he pretty much spent the whole pregame warm-ups standing behind the players on the field. So, you know, wow. he was getting a lot of attention and, you know, I think he's very entrenched to Georgia for for various reasons, and it's, it's, <laughs> you don't have to go until I'm here. <laughs> it's uh, you know I I I think it's it's a long shot that he switches, but you know a lot can happen. You know I, I, if Georgia loses a couple more games, you know who knows if Mark Richt will be back. You know there's always just so much that can happen in college football and recruiting. Maybe heck, look, did you see what happened at FAU today? I mean the coach oh my gets God. fired. What gets the fired at the lady? Sounds like he was smoking pot at a party or whatever, and then got you know was observed by people, and it got back to the school, and you know. How did you do that? I don't. I don't, I don't understand. You know, it's not a very brilliant move on his part. Um, but not yeah, so you know, if that can happen, anything can happen, and so long way to go. Miami's not giving up. They're recruiting them as hard as you, as hard as can be. Um, but there's other running backs out there that are recruiting as well. Dalvin Cook, Bo Scarborough. So, you know, Sonny may not even have a choice at the end of the day if any of these other guys drop. That is, uh, oh. that's what I'm hearing. So, uh, what, what is, what is the? Uh, I, I, you're around these guys. I mean, I'm all the way up here in Washington D.C. dealing with these fools in Congress. But what are you hearing um, from, like, you know, the players from some of the alumni base? Uh, in regard to this game, because I, I got to tell you, you know, from a bird's eye view, uh, you know, I, I come from, you know, Brooklyn, New York. We don't really have a strong college football culture, uh, but I fell in love with Miami. And, um, you know, going with that, you, when you're watching some of the coverage of Miami, I mean, it, it to be in, these broadcasters are being borderline disrespectful. I can't even say borderline. They're being very disrespectful, almost disrespectful. Oh, man, did you hear the guys the other day on ESPN? Yes. 
wait, wait. Yes. Let me just sit, you know, we, we got a lot of people listening right now. For, for those that didn't hear it, let me just play this little uh, short exchange from ESPN the other day. Hold, hold on for a minute. Uh, I think that the Seminoles are a prohibitive favorite, <laughs> and I think that is as it should be. <laughs> but these two teams, it's sort of like a back to the old days feel. They meet as top ten teams for the first time since 2004. Historically, that favored Miami. But it, look, Al Golden team deserves all the credit in the world for finding ways three straight games to come back from double-digit deficits to win the game. But they're not playing at the same level as Florida State is. By the way, you can follow the BCS on Twitter. Every game counts. You can like them on Facebook at Every Game Counts. And this game is going to count for both the Seminoles and the Kings. Miami has to play flawless football to even win. The number seven ranking right now is a mirage. In my opinion, they're not even a top ten team. They've got to be way better on third down. That starts with Stephen Morton. They're going to have to do it without their fastest wide receiver in South Dorset. Yeah, they're not as good as Florida State's offense. Their defense isn't as good as Florida State's defense. And their game's being quite a bill count. So, so what you're saying is, is that so what you're saying is that by mid-second quarter, even Sebastian the Ibis will be seeking shelter. <laughs> a lot of shit. Mid-second quarter. No. Yeah. Like a laugh. You know, every time, every time you say that, something's a problem. I mean, did you hear that? They're laughing. I mean, they're laughing. They're laughing at the hurricanes. I've never seen that. I've never seen that before. That's Reese Davis, one of of the signature guys. And and just. And he's leading the charge. He's leading the charge. How often do you see. I mean, it's unbelievable. I mean, listen. Isn't Reese Davis supposed to be like nonpartisan in that regard when it comes to, like, you know, laying it out? I mean, they're not obligated to be nonpartisan, but I mean, I mean, they're laughing at a seven and zero football team just because they struggled a little bit against North Carolina and Wake. And uh, look, you know, like I've been telling everybody all week, you know, don't let it bother you. <laughs> just kind of laugh at it because at the end of the day, what happens on that field on Saturday night at eight o'clock is going to do all the talking. And if it's no, positive, no, Gary. Well, it's so personal. My, my first cousin went to Florida State. He is a huge Florida State fan, and I will be in his living room on Saturday. So it, <laughs> we have to come and show up on Saturday, okay? I can't have it for a whole, for the past, what, three years, I've been having to wear Florida State paraphernalia and take pictures after games. That's the bet. We always have that bet. And well, I, I, mean, I don't feel like wearing it. T-Pop Miller this year. But look at it this way. If, if the result is positive, that's going to do all the talking that anybody's going to need. And if it's negative, oh nobody, has a, nobody has anything to say anyway. So, you know, the, so the game will take care of it. The game will take care of it, you know. I, you know go I, I Mark, really go Mark D'Onofrio. Go Mark D'Onofrio. Yes. All you know. Gary, I, 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 I'm telling you, uh, if, 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 you if, it, if those kids have any sort of competitive pulse, this week, and I'm, I'm pretty. There's no way, you know, you can shelter the, you know, these kids from, you know, the media for, you know, this entire week. So I'm sure they're hearing some of this disrespect, as Stephen A. Smith would will interject. Some of this disrespect that's going on <laughs> right now, and I and I hope, I hope, I, I really hope that they, they that the uh, the coordinator Coley runs it down there. Through. I want to see a physical smash mouth ball game. I don't want to see any of these reverses and finesses. I want to see counter traps. I want to see power sweeps. I want to see lead draws. 
I want to see that center mauling the nose tackle. I want to see him finishing off blocks, and I want to. And I, I really want to see a hard fought game, and I don't want to win a W. I'm not going to lie; it's going to be a tall order, but I don't think it's you know insurmountable. I well, really don't. You know, if they haven't been hearing the disrespect, they've heard it now because you know I'm sure at least three quarters of the team is listening to the show tonight. And, you know, we just played it for them. So, <laughs> but, but, you know, no, 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 they can't, you know, come on, they can't, they, they can't miss all this noise that's going on. I don't care. I don't care how hard Al Golden tries. I don't care how hard they try to keep themselves in a bunker. You, you can't miss all this disrespect that's going on around the country. They know they're 22 point underdogs. You know, yeah, I mean, they watch Sports Center. They see those guys clowning around or whatever. But you know what? If this is Miami, Florida State, they don't need that to get motivated. They're going to be plenty motivated on Saturday night. Can I ask you my last and final point and question to you? Go ahead. Yep. If they walk into Tallahassee and they pull off the upset, which it will be because I, Vegas is betting against us, the entire you know, country probably when they do the ESPN poll will bet against us, except for that small corner in South Florida. Um, what will the BCS rankings? Uh, what's going to happen to the Kings? Like, I mean, what do they do then when the they entire got, world? They, uh, what happens? We in the top five? We in the top three? Yeah, absolutely. You got to move up a couple spots because a your strength of schedule it, for all the computers is going to go up enormously playing Florida State. Um, you, you would definitely get moved up a couple spots by the pollsters. I got to believe you would jump back over Stanford um, at that point. And, yeah, it would be all right there in front of you, you know. I mean, it'd be huge. Huge, huge. Well, Gary, I guess I'll see you next Tuesday. I either be happy or extremely pissed off. Yes, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah next, one way or the other, next Tuesday's show is going to be uh, quite, quite a couple hours, no doubt about it. There you thank, go. Thank you, guys thank you for point. calling. Yep, good, good talking to you tonight. Yep. All right, let's go now to the, um, the 305 where um, you are now live on uh, Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hey, Gary. How's it Hello? going? Going good. How you doing? Um, yeah, pretty good, pretty good. Um, yeah, just like you said, all this disrespect, I've read it a lot. And um, one recurring theme I've seen on all these smack boards, whatever you call it, is call us when your stadium is full, call us when you have a fan base or something like that. Um, yeah, and I've been in a stadium. There's a lot of empty seats. Yeah, but we have an NFL stadium, whatever. But what do you what do you think we could do in the future? Like fill up that stadium more? Or, I know it's a long shot, Art but more of it. to get to get our own stadium for that matter. Yeah, I mean, I think you could. You know, I mean, I, I if I were Miami, I'd be investing in a little bit more tarp. I think that tarp looks good when they put it up in the upper deck. And if you need to go a few more sections, go a few more sections. You know, they've done a good job this year of of moving the crowd together. Um, it didn't look that way against Wake Forest because it was employee day and they had $1 tickets and uh, a lot of people bought $1 tickets that they ended up not using. And so therefore the, the crowd was uh, you know, scattered around the stadium a little bit more. But the university, and, and you know, you got to commend them. They did a really good job this year redoing the seating. Moving the students, I, I, you know, I'll tell you what's a huge problem is the students aren't coming to the games. I mean, you know, that student section is nowhere near as full as it should be for a lot of these games. And, uh, you know, the student body at Miami needs to get with the program and, and do a better job of supporting the team. I know they got to get on a bus and Coral Gables and ride all the way up to Sun Life and it's a pain in the butt, you know, yada, yada, yada. But come on, you know, this is your school. It's, you know, 
they, they need to show up better so that student section's not empty the way it's been for a couple games this year. Yeah, yeah. And for my second point, um, who do you, who do you think on uh, Saturday night, eight o'clock, Brett Musburger, Kirk Street, everyone's pumped up. Who do you think is that that Ed Reed who in halftime says, "I'm hurt, dog. We got to get this one." Like, who do you think is that player on this team? Man, man, <laughs> man, man, boy, is that the question for the? Um, to be honest with you, I'm not sure that guy exists on this roster exactly. right now. You know? I, I mean, you know, the guys that are the greatest candidates, you know, Stephen Morris, Duke Johnson, those are mild-mannered kind of guys, you know. Um, you know, even the guys on the offensive line, the defensive line, these are all nice, soft-spoken guys. I mean, you know, I'm not sure that kind of guy exists on this team. Denzel Perriman is, 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 not, is not that type of personality. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not sure it really that exists on this team. So, in your opinion, how do we get, like, pumped up, like, motivated if we're down in halftime or uh, the third quarter? Oh, I think they'll be mo- I think they'll be motivated. Um, you know, is. what you're talking about is how do you push through the tough times and, and where's that leadership going to come from? I mean, you got to hope it comes from your seniors. You know, you got to hope it comes from Morris. You got to hope, you know, it, it comes from even yeah. though he's not a senior, a guy like Denzel Perriman. Uh, Maybe you know, you guys. Been, been, yeah, Jimmy Gaines would be another candidate. You got to hope that that's where it comes from. You know, um, you're right. Florida State Miami games are not are not easy affairs, you know, they're very physical. Um, you know, we all have memories of all the great hurricane players that, you know, guys like Dan Morgan taking IVs the whole game and, and, and stuff like that. You know, that's Miami, Florida state. And, you know, this week, this year's game may not play out like that. Cause maybe you don't have those type of personalities, uh, but it's going to be a physical hard fought game. And uh, you're right. There's going to be moments where you need leadership and you need to fight through the tough times. Yeah, um, well, thanks for your time, Gary. Have a good one. All right, yeah, thanks for calling. We'll, we'll uh, Hopefully we'll hear from you again next week. Uh, we got about 19 minutes of show left. Um, hope uh, if you want to call in, you certainly um, are welcome to, 646-595-2048, 646-595-2048. Right now we're going to go out to the 812, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing tonight? Doing pretty good, Gary. Thanks for uh, taking the call. Oh, no problem. Thanks for calling. Hey, uh, one of the, the thoughts I had is, you know, like maybe to switch up the defense as a whole. You know, uh, Florida State, I've noticed in the games I watched, uh, they seem to be kind of hesitant with, uh, you know, uh, running the ball. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, our biggest uh, biggest Achilles these last few weeks has just been, you know, sitting back uh, <clears throat> in a bend and don't break. And I think that Winston will tear us apart if we do that. What I was thinking is, you know, why not have uh, McCord and uh, Muhammad in on, you know, second and third down. You know, um, they, you might see some it, of that this week. You might. It, it makes sense know, against this, against this team, no doubt. You know, the worst worst case scenario is that they do run the ball, but, you know, by running the ball, you're shortening the game, and I think that that would play more into our favor. Yeah, you, you're not necessarily wrong. I, I, I think you might see, especially if uh, if it's second and long, you might see D'Onofrio go to those guys, uh, you know, the, the pass the pass rush, pass, uh, 
uh, on second down at, at certain stages of the game. Uh, um, yeah, you know, I, I just I just think that, you know, it, it seems to be, it, you know, that, that seems to be like when, you know, we have our most success, uh, you know, uh, at least pressuring a quarterback. And uh, other thing I've noticed is, uh, you know, especially these, uh, especially in the Wake Forest game, is you know, why uh, why is there not an emphasis on targeting the middle of the field with some crossing routes with the receivers or tight ends? I mean, are they uh, that terrified with uh, Morris's injury and kind of erratic gameplay that they're just you know not you know, willing to even you, you know something that uh, I've noticed you know. Something I've noticed through Steven's career is I'm not sure that that's a strength of his is reading the middle of the field. And, you know, they might be covering up um, a little bit of a weakness there. I mean, I think that's one possibility. Um, another possibility could be that they do have those plays in the offense, but they're saving them, you know, and, and saving them for a day like Saturday. You know, I think that's another possibility. Uh, I don't think we know defensively. I don't know, Gary. I, I don't buy into that being a possibility. When you're when you're down 13 points to Wake, or you're you're um, you know down in well, the fourth they quarter ran the in ball North now. Carolina. Yeah, but you're remember down they to, ran the ball. I, I think. Uh, yeah, I know they ran the ball, but it, to me, that they they were running the ball because of an absolute lack of faith in Stephen Morris. Uh, you know, he he has not been playing well hurt. You know, no argument. You know, he he has not been playing well hurt, but he's played through it. He's supposed to be getting healthier now. You know, we'll see how he does Saturday night, man. All you can do is just keep pulling for him. He's your best quarterback yeah, I, right I, now. I just see defenses right now with our receivers. I mean, you know, you and I could, uh, you and I could, you know, sit twenty yards back on a on a sideline and uh, pretty well cover our receivers at that point. Well, I don't think that's that I mean, simple. You know. I mean, they 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 have been running. They have run square ins and screens and different things. Everything everything's not go routes. But I agree with you. The, the the passing game could use a little bit more versatility. And I'm hopeful. I have to believe it's in the offense. And you, you just got to be hopeful that it comes out at the right time. Uh, you know, do, do you uh, you know, uh, obviously there has to be something going on with uh, Steven outside of the ankle. I mean, do you see that issue actually? Whatever well, I've heard that may be. I've heard several things. That, uh, yeah, I've, I've, there's been talk of an Achilles problem as well. Yeah, but do you I mean, see that actually getting he's... better? Or do you? They say it is. You... I mean, unless they're lying. I mean, they 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 say it's getting better. They've said that you know that it's been getting better progressively for the last few weeks, and everything they they. You know, every time you talk, see Al Golden this week, he's specifically said Stephen looks good in practice. So they're certainly not making it an excuse. Well, last right? question. Or, or, yeah, I, I guess so. Uh, you know, I guess you can only go with what they're what they're saying. But what you're seeing and what they're saying looks like two different things. Well, no, I mean what I see is a kid walking normally. I mean, and mm-hmm. he goes he goes out on the field looking normal and it's and invariably ends up limping very quickly so i don't know you know i don't know what's going on but um you know when you watch Stephen morris walking around there's no issues and i specifically asked him after the wake forest game i said are you going in for treatment tonight or anything no just going home chill you know i'll get my treatment tomorrow so there's certainly not any urgency or panic or anything i mean so he can't be doing that poorly well, last question point. How many uh how many points do we win by Saturday? 
it'll be it would be close. You know, I don't think you're going to see a Miami blowout. That's for sure. You know, I mean, it, I think what you got to hope for is a game in the fourth quarter um, that you know you're you're with you're within you know either ahead or within three, and that you make the plays in the fourth quarter to get out of there. You know, um, Florida State's a very good team. You know, you're not going to go into their home stadium more than likely and blow them out. You know, I don't think they're going to pull a Clemson. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's a rivalry game. I mean, any time I can ever remember FSU being favored, you know, really big, uh, that's generally worked in Miami's favor. Yeah. So yeah. we'll see. It'll well, be hey, fun. It's, it's going to hey, be a well, lot thanks, of fun. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the call. Uh, one right, one last thing. Go Pacers. Beat the Heat. <laughs> Give us a call next week. We'll talk about yeah. the game. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Six four six five nine five two zero four eight. We got twelve minutes of show left, and right now we are going to go to the eight one three, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Gary. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Who's this? Okay. Uh, uh, I've been still. I still got that jazz music in my ear from yesterday, but uh, I'm doing <laughs> good though. I'm doing good. So, hey, sorry uh, about that. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know if I could do the pep talk for the guys this weekend. Because, you? Man, uh, yeah, I wish I could do the pep talk. Because, uh, Why? What would you man, to, to, What would you say? Man, I, I, I bring up uh, David. Right, wait, 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 wait. Let's let's do this. Let's do this the right way, okay? I'm gonna play Al Golden. You're gonna be the pep talk guy, all right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna turn the floor over to you. And you know, what's your name? Oh, uh, 21. This is a uh, uh, 21 Junior Miami. 12-1 Junior Miami. Okay. 12-1 Junior Miami wants to say a few words to you guys. Go ahead. You have the floor. What would you say? Look here, team. Everybody been disrespecting them. Nobody think that, uh, they were going to beat the Lions. You know, they didn't think that the, when the Broncos was undefeated that the Colts was going to run down their throat man, and beat the, beat the Broncos. Nobody think back in the days when the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was in the Super Bowl going against the Oakland Raiders that when they had the Raiders favored by over 20 points against the Bucs, and the Bucs went out there and showed the world that they was, they was destined to win that game. So what I'm talking about today is everybody disrespecting y'all. On, on, on college football that when they was talking about what do the uh, Miami Hurricanes need to beat the Florida State, the man say prayer, more prayer, hoping that their prayers be answered. That's totally disrespectful. And then the Vegas, somebody y'all, 22 uh, underdog. What we need to go, go out there and do is put this helmet on them, show them who the, the number one team in Florida. And we all should know. Like Winston say, listen here, my brothers. When Miami Hurricanes do it, we do it big. Now we're going to go out there and show them. That's all I got to say, Gary. Wow, that's pretty good. You're giving Michael Irvin a run for his money there. Woo. <laughs> um, I, I, um, yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm just so, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm at work, and, and most of everybody, my bosses, I couldn't say my real name out there because all my bosses are Florida State fans, you know. <laughs> so, uh, so uh, right now I got to be quiet. I can't say nothing. Because they're walking around with their similar shirt on, similar little hats on, hard hats on. So, you know, right now I'm just trying to – I got my little hurricane hat on, 
And, uh, you know, they're like, hey, after this weekend, you need to take that hat off. And I'm just keep, you know, I'm doing like what I'm going to do, just keep just being quiet, just looking at them, so, okay, well, you know, we'll be sad. You know what I mean? But, uh, you know, I, I, my, my biggest thing is is how we, how they just disrespecting my hurricanes. And, I mean, and Al Golden, what he has, you know, all the years of what he went through and what the team went through, just for them to laugh at him. And, uh, you know, just yeah, that was like, bad. Oh, I, I didn't like I, I didn't think that was very nice. They were laughing so, you know, on Sports Center. You believe that? I, laughing I, I, I at could, the Miami Hurricanes on Sports Center. And, and, and it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, I, I understand that, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. That way, Forrest came. Well, I, I, seen, I said, oh, they came out with a perfect game plan. I mean, it was perfect. You know what yeah, I mean? He's good, man. Jim Grubb's a good coach. And I'm like, wow. You know, you really got to listen to what I'm going to say. Like, man, y'all can't overlook it. I mean, West, I mean, Wake Forest came out there with a good game plan. I mean, North Carolina came out with a good game plan. But I think the biggest difference, sadly, game is if Miami could keep it close and grind it out, I think that could be the difference of the offensive line, uh, you know, being juniors and senior guys, experienced guys, and I just think that we, you know, I think we just need to grind it out, keep the score low, the defense, play like they played against the Gators, uh, have good gas control for Winston won't be, you know, if he can't find nobody, try to run. You know what I mean? So I, I think that will be the, the biggest difference in the game. I think that the toughness in that fourth quarter grinding Go help Miami win that game. Yep, got to be physical, no doubt about it. Anything else we can do for you tonight? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna predict the score. I know about Miami 31. Oh, you just I made everybody be- so. You just made everybody so happy that people would love would, would love to see that be the result. Well, I, you know, I, thanks. I you- okay, Garrett. Well, yeah, thanks for calling, and um, I got your number, so I'm going to pass it on to Coach Golden in case he needs somebody to help him out there on Friday night or Saturday night. And uh, so, if you get a call from from Al, you, you'll you'll know what it's about. All right? Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll be ready if I got Rob Bostic all the way up there. I'm be ready. All right, all right, man. Great job, great job on that pep talk. All right, uh, six four six five nine five two zero four eight six four six five nine five two zero four eight. Um, Team should be ready to play after 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 that pep talk. Um, still got a few minutes to get in on the call. Uh, in the meantime, let's go out now to the um, the 305, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. How you doing tonight? Hello. Yes, sir. You're on the air. Oh, hey. How you doing, man? Doing good. How you doing? Yeah. Um, I was wanting to call about a, a couple calls ago when the guy said that the Kings didn't have any like fiery in your face raw raw leadership. You know, what I mean I'm a person that 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 believes that you don't necessarily have to be in your face to be a, a great leader. You know what I mean? This senior class has been through a lot. You know what I mean? Losing games they weren't supposed to lose, having to battle with the NCAA investigation, you know what I mean, having to go through all that. You know what I mean? This senior class has been through a lot and they just stuck in there and they've been fighting. They're great leaders. I believe in Stephen Morris. You know what I mean, I know he hasn't been having a great season, but I truly believe that you know what I mean he can make the plays we need to make to win this game. And I think Duke Johnson has to be a 
integral part of the offense if we're going to win this game. We have to dominate the run game. What do you think about that? Uh, well, first of all, I, man, I think you just made a great point. Uh, you know, everyone is so used to looking at leaders as being, you know, in your face, like, you know, like the Ed Reed example. And um, I, I think you're right. I, I think sometimes leaders can lead by example, and, and they don't have to have that type of personality, even though that's the stereotype in sports. So I think you're making a great point there. Um, in terms of Duke, I don't think it's any question that Duke's, you know, going to be the focal point of the offensive game plan uh, in this game. Uh, you know, so I don't think you have to worry about that. And like we've spoken about all night, you know, you got to be physical and you got to be able to run the football against Florida State. And, and I think the Hurricanes will be committed to the run game. Uh, James Coley has shown that in his time here, that he's an offensive coordinator who not only believes in the running game, but knows how to use it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, that, that's, that's the ticket, man, to, to get physical and nasty with that young defensive line. Yeah, so I, I totally agree, man. We have to – the offensive line, no matter what rotation is in the game, they have to get really physical. I think we could win that 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 battle up front, and if we can, we could just keep running Duke. And, I mean, it's going to be a real tough game. And, I mean, Jameis Winston is a great quarterback. They're going to make plays. And, I mean, we're going to have to, to buckle down when we get in the goal line and kind of hold them for three to let them get seven. So it's, it's going to be an all-around game. But I truly believe Denzel Perryman is going to have the game of his life. I think this kid is really going to shine this this Saturday. What do you think? Well, he I, he's shown up big all year, man. I, I mean, Denzel's playing like a guy that wants to try to go to the NFL after this year. To be honest with you, he's really been balling. Uh, and uh, yeah, he he will be one active cat without question uh, in Tallahassee on Saturday. All right, man. Just uh, pleasure talking to you, man. This is Jeff from the Three Hundred Five. All right, man. Hey, thank you for calling. Give us a call again next week. We'll uh, we'll talk about the game. Yes, sir. All right, Jeff. All right, six four six five nine five two zero four eight. If you want to get in a, in our last minute, um, let's shoot to the eight zero three once again, where you're now live on Kane Sport Live. Yes, Hello? sir. You hear me? Got something to say to the team? Like you say, I hope three quarters of the team is listening all summer. They've had to, especially the defense, has had to hear everything that they said bad about them, every single thing, you know, so many yards and give up so many points, this and that. And all summer long, these guys are prepared. They've all got bigger. The whole team has got bigger. It might have not been for Florida State. It might have been for this upcoming season. But now we're here. It's for Florida State now. It's, it's time to step up. I mean, well, all the sweat you poured, it, it, it's here, you know. Like, like like they say all season, get on the train, get off the tracks. Yeah. Train's coming through. That's that's the bottom line. Well, and I'm going to tell you. For Stephen Moore, I'm sorry, Gary. For Stephen, for Stephen Moore, don't worry about an interception. You throw an interception, don't worry about it. Don't, don't hold your game back because of what you've done in recent games. You know, we don't need – any other quarterback playing this game except for our starter. That's it. He's a starter for the reason for a reason. I mean it's just it, it looks like to me it's just it's meant to be, it's all come to this and everything they've done has been for Florida State. We've got one other test to pass. I know anybody can beat us any given day, especially this team can beat us, but get together, they beat their own man in front of them, 
you know, we'll have a good shot. That's all I gotta say. Well, the first thing I'm gonna say, in case Stephen is listening, is yes, do worry about interceptions because turnovers will be suicidal in this ball game. So, so well, I, I, said, I said, if you throw one, don't you know, don't hold your game back. Is what I'm saying. Just play your yeah, game. No, I, you know? I know. I'm just, I'm just joking. I'm just joking around with you. You know, but, but yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, they got to avoid turnovers in this game. But the other thing I'll leave you with is that one of the things that I've been most impressed with this entire season of everything that's happened was in that Florida game when Miami was able to line up with a top-level SEC team on an even playing field from a physical standpoint. And that told us right there that the UTUF program is working, that these guys have arrived from a strength and conditioning standpoint, and they can play physical football. And to me, that's Miami's best chance in Tallahassee this weekend. Got to come out and be a physical team on both sides of the ball. I think they will, and I think it's going to be a game into the fourth quarter. And all those people that laid 22 points – are going to be wishing they didn't because um, I think it's going to be a great Miami-Florida State game, and we have a lot to look forward to. Thanks a lot for calling. Um, give us a call next week. Um, we're all at a show. Got to thank the Canes Nation, the Canes fam, everybody out there. We had another great show tonight. Um, let's thank uh, Keenan Codrington from Rivals.com for coming on and giving us some of his insight into some of the things going on with recruiting. 150 recruits in Doe Campbell Stadium on Saturday. It's going to be a big night for recruiting, a big night for the Hurricanes and Seminoles, and we're all looking to it. So I hope you'll join us again next Tuesday night as we recap everything that we see on Saturday. And thank you once again, Canes Nation, for joining us on Canes Sport Live. See you next week. Guess what, Florida State? It's hate week, baby. It's hate week. It is hate week. We're coming for you. You say we can't beat you. The Vegas says we can't beat you. We're coming. The Canes are winning this game. The Canes say, like I said earlier, it's on. We're going 7-0. We're coming to play you. Oh, James Winston. Who is he? You're about to meet Tyree Core, boy. He's going to tear you up. Oh, and hey, I keep hearing about your tight end. Ask your tight end about that boy, number 52, Steve Perriman. Gonna light him up, and then everyone's getting on my man Steve. I believe in Steve. He's coming for you, Florida State. He's not going out like this. It's Kane. We're coming. We're tearing Florida State up this week. It's hate week. Florida State, you're losing to my Hurricanes. My Hurricanes are winning. Get behind this team and support. Get your Kane shades on, because 8-0 is coming. Go Canes. Love you all.